Would you like to play a game? Oh wait, wrong voice. Would you like to play a game? That's right, we're talking about technology horror on this episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Attention planet Earth and beyond. Stay tuned for Attack of the Killer Guys get <laughs> that my, was a robot? <laughs> that, what was my, that? My war games, that was my War Games <laughs> oh. reference. That was, that was special. Whatever. So welcome <laughs> to another episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Screw you guys. I'm, I'm, I, that took me a whole five seconds to write that intro, damn it. Um, <laughs> Go back and work on it. <laughs> uh, so welcome to another episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. I am your host, Insane Mike. And this episode, we're talking about technology horror. Computers gone wrong. That's the sub little subtitle. Oh. I just came up with that. Oh. Like oh, I see what you did there. Yeah. We, so we got all kinds of cool stuff to talk about tonight on this episode. So before we get into any of it, I got to introduce you to my peeps, the podcast crew. First up, she's got a nice looking set of... T- Twitter accounts. Terry Turford, everybody. <laughs> uh, thanks, I think. Hi, everybody. We'll give you the Surprise number of the police so you can turn them in. Yeah. Yeah. Just talking about her Twitter. Um, Mike. <laughs> what? <laughs> Children might be listening. He's, next up, he still thinks spam is mystery meat. And and trolls are little plastic dolls with fuzzy hair. Brian Parker. <laughs> oh, the most truthful intro yet. <laughs> oh man. Uh, if you think that one was truthful, according to the government, his most common search words are nipple, watermelons, toy poodles, and other uses for latex. And Gary Coleman, John Stalter, everybody. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, that's actually accurate. Sorry. <laughs> Come on, if you. <laughs> Um, okay, next up, he gives a whole new meaning to to the phrase "not enough RAM." Jason Bollinger. Hey, <laughs> it's not the size of the RAM; <laughs> the amount of the. Uh, I... And lastly, the star of the new Ghostbusters movie, <laughs> Sam Hayes. Yeah, everybody. <laughs> Woo! How you doing, folks? No autographs, please. <laughs> Sam was in Ghostbusters. Sam was in Ghostbusters, and we're going to talk about it. <clears throat> so, um, so let's get into some uh, killer news. Now it's time for killer news. Ripped straight from the headlines on Attack of the Killer Podcast. Okay, so killer news. Um. Okay, I'll save the best for last. So I got a few other things here. Um, Stranger Things, a new show on Netflix. Uh, I've yet to check it out, but Jason, you've started watching I'm it. I'm three episodes in, and it's pretty kick-ass. Now, I, I mean, I like everything. When I see it all over my Facebook feed, I say, fuck that. <laughs> it, turns out like it makes me not enthused most of the time. <clears throat> But yeah, 
And I can't remember who I saw it from, but then I just saw a dis- description, or it was the 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 description that sold me to it was Steven Spielberg meets Stephen King. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, huh. So okay. So I sat down and pretty pretty good so far. It's good. I've seen the whole thing. Oh yeah. Oh, snap. You shut your mouth. I powered right through it. <laughs> <laughs> I ran out of time. I wanted to keep going. I did the first five episodes last night. It is fantastic. Nice. They even used the Stephen King font in the credits. That's yeah. They do interesting. I, I watched the first two episodes and I really enjoy it so far. It's it's a good use of everything, like nostalgia, like the the posters that they have on walls, the music they use, yeah, the and, scores. Yeah, I want somebody to release the the soundtrack. I don't care if it's a digital release, CD release, or vinyl release. I want it. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. Yeah, so that's going to go in my queue, I guess. I'll yeah, you should watch, watch that. It. I'm all out of shows to watch right now, so I should probably watch that one. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, um, next up in the news that they released a um, picture of Pennywise for the upcoming It remake. Did we all get a chance to see that pick? Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, thoughts? Looks like a it's clown. A clown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a clown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a scary clown. <laughs> Pretty generic. Yeah, it's hard to tell much of anything yet. But I, that, well, I guess Bill Scars... It's not like Tim Curry's Pennywise was like anything... You oh, know, when he looked very... like a normal clown, he just oh. looked like a fucking clown. So... I never really thought he was creepy until like the fangs came out or his eyes changed color. So. Yeah, his eyeballs always freaked me out. Yeah. <laughs> but Bill Skarsgård, I mean, he is a decent actor. I didn't really like um, what's the show, that Netflix show. We that know that's one that everyone hated. The horror one. Hemlock Black. Grove? Yes, oh, Hemlock that Grove. one. Yeah, I heard that was shite. I watched the first season and it was eh, and he's like one of the main guys in it, but mm. we'll give him a shot. We'll give him a shot. I never did watch that, but I did see the video of uh, Famke Jansen singing a torch song version of Rocky Erickson's Creature from the Adam or Creature with the Adam Brain on YouTube, and that clip makes me extremely happy. And I've heard the rest <laughs> of the show's garbage, so I'm just gonna go with that as Hemlock Grove in my brain right there. <laughs> that that two minute clip of. Yeah. <laughs> I said it before on the show and I'll say it again. I'm excited to see what they're going to do with it. Cuz I always felt like With what? <laughs> <laughs> Shh. <laughs> it. Um Is that what you're going to do with Stephen King's book entitled It. Um because I I, I mean the the original movie's a classic, but again, it was Shot on television. It was made for television, and it, I just felt like they could have done a lot more with it if it was like a feature film. And so, it's it's like a it's like a new version of an older film that I'm really excited to see what they do with it. So, anywho, Did but I, see- as, I wonder though, is it all going to be updated? I would assume it would. And did I see it say two part movie? Two parts, yeah, it did say really? two parts. Good, and that's why I think they, that's why I think they should do it. We live in a day and age now where we can have like 
six Harry Potter films. Seven. You know, seven eight. Harry Potter films. Eight. 40, 45 <laughs> Harry Potter films. Right. So two parts. So it's eight. The there were ever. eight, yeah. 39 <laughs> Harry Potter films. <laughs> eight Harry Potter More films. More Harry Potter films. <laughs> six Lord of the Rings. Six Lord of the Rings and a partridge in a pear tree. And... <laughs> And three unnecessary Hobbit movies. Hey. Well, that's part of the six. That was part of the six. Oh, I was. I can't count like Mike. And <laughs> nobody can. And, <laughs> and nobody can count like, like me, brother. He's um, and you know how many freaking twinkly vampire movies? Make your point. My point is, is that it. it's a big fucking book that they they turned into a miniseries for television. We're in a day and age now that it's acceptable to take one book and make like 20 movies out of it. So it's the prime time for an It remake, and I'm glad to know they're doing it in two parts. It's awesome. All right, done. Jeez. It's fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anybody else have any other killer news they want to bring up before I get into the main? Yeah, there's a, uh, a new trailer for Shin Godzilla, or Godzilla Resurgence, yeah. as it's going to be called in the rest of the world. And uh, Toho has announced that it, like some of the worldwide stuff, it's going to like Thailand and Italy and all these places. So they're kind of hinting, and they said North America. So hopefully that doesn't just mean Canada. So we might still be getting it here. And for those of you who haven't seen it, think I'm going completely off the rails here. This is very much horror Godzilla. <laughs> if you've seen oh, the design looks... of him, he's, I mean, he looks yeah. like a radiation scarred, terrifying mutant with exposed muscle and his skin's all melting off and you can see the heat glowing through him from within and his head is all gnarly and his teeth sticking out everywhere and the trailers yeah Yeah. i mean then the trailers have this eerie choral music like you know people singing just singing tones without you know not words but um yeah it, it looks just like if you had a nightmare about godzilla one night after eating some bad Chinese food, this is what it would look like. <laughs> now, is this, there was a, like, a teaser trailer, like, a couple of months ago, but, of, like, people running in the streets, is this, is that for this same movie? Yeah, there, that, that little teaser they put out was just a, it was during shooting of the movie. Oh, of just, like, here's some, that- it was just, like, somebody had a camera running through the crowd of extras as they were running and screaming, uh-huh. but there are two full trailers out now. Uh, it, it gives nothing away of the plot. There's no dialogue in these trailers. It's just this eerie yeah. music, scenes of people looking very serious and scared, yeah. and then Godzilla just wading through build. And this is the biggest Godzilla has ever been. He's 118 meters tall. So, yeah. like, I don't know what that exactly translates to, but, I mean, it's close to 400 feet tall. He's gigantic, and he just towers over everything, and the suit is built to look like it's shot from the ground up a lot. So he makes him look even bigger and there's all kinds of weird camera angles and stuff in the trailer that kind of give you vertigo when you watch it to give you the sense of how big he is and yeah it it looks amazing speaking of giant monsters did has anyone seen the images from the new kong movie the skull island or whatever uh-uh. i didn't know oh, they yeah. had anything there was a teaser image a and it had a it has tom hiddleston in it and brie larson and they're like standing in front of the skull of kong and it's like the most massive skull ever looks awesome really? yeah Le- legendary is setting up their 
be like this. This has nothing to do with Jackson's con. This is a completely different thing. Right. And, and Legendary <laughs> is making mm-hmm. making him bigger in this movie to set up their King Kong versus Godzilla. Yeah. In twenty twenty. Oh shit! Yeah. Now would this be? So this would be King Kong versus American Godzilla. Yeah, the right? one from the twenty fourteen movie. Yep, because Legendary owns both properties now, or at least is leased King Kong right. from Universal. That'd be fucking and, amazing. Yeah. Brian's gonna lose his shit. Oh, I Just already did. have. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the 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 president of Legendary Films came out in a press conference and said, "We're doing a Kong movie because I want to do King Kong versus Godzilla." It wasn't. Somebody pitched it to us. It wasn't, we've had this property, and I guess we're stuck with it. The president of Legendary Film said, I want to see King Kong fight Godzilla, so we're going to do it. Oh, <laughs> that man. is oh, Brian's wet dream right there. Yeah. Because uh, after Kong Skull Island, there's going to be another new Godzilla movie, right? And then 2020 yep. is going to be them facing off. Oh, fuck. Just like the Rampage game. All <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Fucking podcast! I'm gonna go play that right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's amazing! Holy shit! I didn't know that. That's great. I just gotta go to the bathroom for a couple minutes. <laughs> I do. I do. Anybody else have any killer news before I finish off with the the big announcement? <laughs> you were talking about you go to the bathroom, and then you're like. <laughs> before I finish off. So, uh, so what's this big announcement you got there, Mike? <laughs> New Ghostbusters movie's out. <laughs> and our very own Sam Hayes is in the movie. That's true. Woo! Hey, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Only me and like yeah. a thousand other people. But uh You are clearly hey, yeah, go you. <laughs> sort of. But yeah, it's it's actually great, man, because you get a night I mean, you are up front. Yeah. You are up front in that one scene when they first walk into the to the auditorium. Yeah, yeah. I was an extra and uh if you look like really close, you can kind of see me behind uh, Michael McDonald, who you might know from uh, from Mad TV. But I'm like in the concert scene, you know. I'm like this heavy metal guy. <laughs> but uh, you are. yeah, it kind of sucks because like they cut a lot of that scene. But I just got confirmation though that they're gonna have like an extended version on the the DVD for sure. So nice. That'll be cool. So here's here's why I want to talk about it. Um, I like to think of this show. Sometimes we talk about you know uh-huh. our film our filmmaking endeavors, our company prescribed films, and the movies we make, and and so sometimes we we like to kind of you know give a little inside film and education as far as no budget filmmaking goes, and kind of talk about that. So I think this is going to be this is kind of a cool look that that no one has ever really gotten into before. Um on on the process of being like an extra for a film. So um how did that come about for you? Um you know what? It's kind of interesting. I just uh I just <laughs> a friend of mine on Facebook, they like shared some article um and, like, I, I guess they were looking for extras locally, you know? So it was just some, like, random thing. And I just, like, sent in a little email and, like, a picture. And uh, I didn't really have any expectation of of being cast as an extra. I just kind of submitted it as a goof. But, like, they called me uh, uh, the following Monday and said, hey, you can uh, come on down and 
be an extra in the movie, and I was like, oh, wow. So, but yeah, um, I mean, I don't want to talk about it too much. There's so much I could talk about. But yeah, basically, uh, I just went in as an extra for this one scene. Initially, it was just going to be like three days, and then uh, three days kind of turned into like six days. But uh, we shot it. We shot that particular scene that I'm in uh, at this this old theater in uh, right outside Chinatown in Boston. And uh, but it was cool. Like you know, the first day they had like 700 extras, so it was like a huge amount of people. And yeah, you know, being like a, a big budget movie, I, I think it was actually like the biggest budget movie ever shot in Boston. Um, and being being that uh you know obviously they had pretty tight security so you know they like confiscate all your your media devices your cell phones and whatnot and um you know you have to like sign an nda you can't talk about what what goes on um so yeah it was you know classic hollywood stuff uh yeah i i don't know (laughs) <laughs> did, did, did okay so is there anything specifically ex- you want to know yeah sure sure i got questions um so 700 extras now um those 700 did they use did they use them all or was it like okay you can come or you can go you can come come or what did they dress like a lot of the extras in the for the exterior shots and in the, and for the interiors um they they used yeah all seven hundred like so like the first day it was it was seven hundred and that was all interior stuff and then like as the week went on they kind of you know cut people out because you know they didn't need that many you know for for closer shots the seven hundred mm-hmm. that's just for like the wide shots and then but yeah they just kind of moved people around and uh, you know it was kind of cool because they also like they they digitized people some of the people and kind of had people in digitally. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. So, like, I got, you know, in addition to being, like, a live extra, I also got, like, digitized, and I don't know <laughs> if they use me, but... Um, huh. So, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So, and then wardrobe, did you, did they instruct you to dress a certain way, or did they dress you when you got there? Yeah, they, they send everyone through wardrobe, you know. They want you to come to set you know, screen ready, so you'll, like, bring your own wardrobe, but they also, you know, if, if say, you have, like, a copyrighted shirt, you know, they can't use that, so they'll, like, give you some other shirt, for example, so they, uh, they made, they gave me, like, a a different shirt, they gave me a a ghost shirt, you know, the band ghost, um, yep, and, like, some poor saps were uh, forced to wear like ICP shirts. Fortunately, I didn't have to uh, endure that. But uh, I would have walked out if they would have tried. To- <laughs> I'm serious. I would have been like, yeah. I I have morals and standards, and there's no fucking way I'm going to wear an ICP shirt. I cause yeah. I would be ridiculed for the rest of my life what? just by my own brain. It's like nope. I can't trust anything you're ever gonna you're ever gonna do again because you had to wear an ICP shirt once. Totally, totally. But yeah, it was you know pretty cool being on a big production like that. And like I said, it was like very high security. And uh, 
you know, some people like still manage to sneak cell phones in. And like, I know one guy like took a picture and I guess leaked it and they, they caught him and, <laughs> you know, fired him. But, uh, <laughs> and, and made him wear another ICP shirt. <laughs> that would have been good, good, but no, I think they probably just like sued the shit out of him and <laughs> ruined his life. Yeah. I'm guessing. <laughs> Sorry, uh, you know you only have five dollars, but uh, give us the money. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it was cool because, like, you know, I went on the set and uh, <clears throat> the scene that I I did, you know, it's like a full on you know Ghostbusters scene where they're you know they're actually like busting a ghost. So you know, I, yeah. I I got to see like, you know, for example, the new trap before anyone else saw it in the nice. general public, and oh, yeah, nice. That was like you know, it was you know kind of surreal because like that's my that was my first experience with like a lot of the new equipment was seeing it firsthand and God, you know awesome. did, did you get to amazing. did you get to handle any of it like did you get to hold a proton gun or anything or um, is that like off limits like you can't touch this stuff uh you know what you know obviously you're not supposed to touch it but, <laughs> <laughs> but, but you did not saying like, i did not saying i didn't hey. well no because like you know like, <laughs> In the actual scene, they're like the the actors were kind of yeah, like sure. interacting with some of the extras, like you know, giving us high fives after they bust the ghost, and so I kind of like a uh, stroked one of the proton guns with my McCarthy, and that's that, that they had to cut that scene out because that made the movie a hard R. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hey, all right, X rated for sure. <laughs> did the ladies did the ladies do a lot of improv um uh not that i know of but uh like paul feig would like uh the director he would like kind of throw a lot of what seemed to be kind of improvisational direction at them like you know oh that was good oh now say this now say that you know so hmm. to the to the degree that there was improvisation it kind of seemed to be more on his part, but I don't know. But yeah, it was uh, pretty cool, and yeah, I got to kind of, you know, chit chat just very briefly with some of the actors, and it was all very cool. Um, I don't know. Is there any anything else you want to know? I could you I could there. go on for a while, you know. So I don't. <laughs> I don't wanna you were there for all six days. Pick up the episode. I was there for six days on one uh, location, and then I did, like, a short day on another location, which I got cut from. Oh, I was, no. like, the, the, the Times Square set, mm. which uh, they, like, built, like, a fake New York set in, uh, in Weymouth, Massachusetts, which was kind of cool. Like, lots of green screen and the whole shebang, so... Oh, that would have been yeah, that would have been awesome to see. Big budget stuff, yeah. like yeah, some of, some of my friends were actually they got to be like some of the, uh, the soldiers that you see in the movie. And they were like, oh, oh the, they have to do the dance number. Decked out in uh, yeah. <laughs> so I didn't get to do that, but I was just a metalhead, which is cool. How long were the shooting days? How long did they last? Um, God, you know, I think most of them went, you know, at least twelve hours and. I think I did one like sixteen hour day, so it's. And did they they still feed all the extras? Pretty intense. Do they feed the extras? Yeah. yeah. Did you get a meal? Yeah. Did you get meal? Absolutely. You got three peanuts. 
<laughs> and a piece of lettuce, because you know, healthy. No, they they have a they have like meals, and then in addition, you know, it's craft service all day, so you nice. can stuff yourself silly. They actually had on on one of the days they had like fucking biscotti and all sorts Whoa. of fancy shit. So it's pretty nice. It was actually cool because you know, like I mentioned earlier, they <clears throat> with the security they they confiscate your 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 cell phone, so you're basically sitting there on on this closed set for like you know twelve plus hours a day <laughs> oh, with no social media. So it actually kind of felt like being in a time warp. Like you know, <laughs> this is what it like. talk to people. This is what it was like in the original movie. <laughs> but no, I mean it. It felt like you know just like really fun because you're there and you know people aren't on their cell phones and doing all this antisocial stuff. You're just like hanging out and, you know, kind of felt like being back in a elementary school or something in a weird kind of way. But, yeah, just uh, it was a fun time. And I wouldn't I wouldn't really want to do it again on, like, an- another movie just because it is just kind of a, a thankless task being an extra, you know. It's just, yeah. like, long hours and not really rewarding, but... Like on this particular movie, it was just very cool just because, you know, I'm like a, a hardcore Ghostbusters fan. So it was like very surreal, like being a part of, of this movie in particular. Um, so, yeah. But yeah, I was. Anybody? I'm go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to ask if anybody else had any other questions. Anybody? Not so much a question, but now that you've been digitized. The odds are the odds are good that at some point Andy Circus is going to play a motion capture version of you in something. <laughs> uh, that would be or I can't wait to see Sam in other movies now. Yeah, that he wasn't even there for. Yeah, yeah. I was, they just like digitized me in like a two D kind of static form, though. So I'm not sure. <laughs> Andy Circus can pull off anything, anyway, guys. Yeah, he's, uh, he's awesome. Yeah, I've actually been told that I kind of look like Andy Serkis. <laughs> yeah, a um, hmm. Yeah. Oh, one of the other funny things I'm reading here, I actually wrote, like, kind of a diary while I was on set. Just, like, <laughs> cool. taking notes of shit. But, like, on one of the days, like, some guy, I guess, apparently, allegedly, some guy was, like, on acid the whole time. Oh, Jesus. Just, <laughs> oh, God. Running around set. And, like, oh, that's awesome. and then, like, some other chick, like, when we were doing the the concert stuff when they were filming, she like flashed her tits at the camera. <laughs> what? Oh, that's great! Like, <laughs> oh my god! So what are you doing? So yeah, there's a lot of crazy people that manage to to get on set. Obviously, <laughs> not, a, not that the many people. It's uh, yeah, <laughs> not um. But yeah, it was really cool. And yeah, I got to I got to see a lot of uh, stunts and whatnot. They had like lots of like wire work and uh, people flying, crashing through like giant PA speakers and oh, yeah. air cannons. And they actually for for the uh, for the ghost in the scene because it was all CGI. They had to have like a like a kind of <clears throat> not like the. They had a drone, essentially. They had, like, a, a drone, and they put, like, LED lights on it to kind of mimic the ghost, and mm. it was, like, flying around this giant theater, so that was kind of cool. But, 
yeah, um, I'm really uh, uh, ranting here, and I don't want to take <laughs> the whole episode talking about Ghostbusters. It's better than the episode. Get on to technological horror movies, but oh yeah, we got a rough episode to do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. I don't know. Ghostbusters is pretty damn interesting. So yeah, it was. Uh, I thought it was an interesting movie. You know, obviously not as good as the originals, but uh, I thought it was pretty fun for for what it was. Hell yeah! yeah. That was hilarious. I'll see it eventually. I meant to go this weekend. Yeah, too busy shopping. Uh, yeah. that I got I got sick from Zombie Burger, so. Oh, oh no! Yeah, they're not getting my money again. Damn it! Right. it the place was a joke anyway, but that's a whole other. Oh. That's a whole other rant. That's yeah. That's that's a that's for after the that's show. That's bonus material right there. <laughs> All right. Well, one more bit of news before we get into the topic. Uh, John, do you want to take it away? Uh, well, so there's this guy I know <laughs> that's been... Uh, you got this crush on? Yeah, I think he's a dreamboat, actually. Uh, I think he's an asshole. Well, <laughs> that's because you know him personally. Um, <laughs> we, uh, we decided to make Brian a full-time member. And I'm so sorry what? to all of the listeners. Ooh. <laughs> I'm yeah. I'm personally happy to have him on here because I'm gonna be I'm not gonna you know joke about this. Uh, he he's my partner in crime. He's one of one of my best friends in the entire planet, and I'm I'm glad that I get to do this with him because he lives a couple hours away, so I never get to see him in person. So I'm glad you're with us, Brian. Me too, man. You, all, jo- all joking aside, I love you too, and thank you to all of you for inviting me in with open arms. This is. It's been a great experience, and I'm really looking forward to the rest of the show. Now, uh, where's my hand job? Hey. My arm's not that long. You just said we live two hours apart. <laughs> I'll, I'll drive. I'll drive two hours. Anyway, well, welcome aboard, Brian. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome to have you. <clears throat> no sentiment, Terry. Oh. Uh, <laughs> like, she was quietly <laughs> reflecting on. Yeah, process. no, I'm super excited for sure. I love listening to Brian's voice. Yeah, yeah. it's very soothing. <laughs> He's like the straight man of this this crazy group. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like the straight man. I don't know if he is, but he <laughs> got stories. Oh, was that a euphemism? <laughs> oh. Uh, See? See? <laughs> so, so podcast. <laughs> so technological horror, right? Yeah, okay. What's that? Um, where do we start? Where do we start? Who wants to start? Uh, Everyone's looking away. All right, Terry. What? Okay. You started to talk, so let's let you Yeah. Well, I unfortunately couldn't find a lot of the movies on our list, but one that I have seen fairly recently is Unfriended. Mm-hmm. The uh, killer via Skype movie that came out a couple, couple one to two-ish years ago. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> it's new, okay, whatever. Um, actually, I was surprised how much I enjoyed it. I've, we've talked about yeah, it too. not too long ago, but... I, was, I think it made my top ten for last year. Yeah, it was... Yeah. I thought that just the um, the way that they uh, 
were able to keep it just all within the realm of the computer. I mean, every little thing and it flowed well and it just, it was really successfully executed. I thought. Yeah. Same here. I thought they did a good job um, telling the story without ever leaving the world of, of Skype. Crazy. It's crazy. And what's, what makes it so great. It's not like though it, I think I think this is probably one of the few films in cinema history that would probably be more effective watching it on your computer yeah. than watching it in a theater or on your big screen TV. Oh, for because sure. the whole movie is this girl's um, monitor screen. It's her screen, yeah. Yeah. Crazy. And you know, even though like I hated most of the characters, they're all a bunch of assholes and bitches. <laughs> but uh, um, like, I like still got school. what's that? Like high school. Yeah, yeah. But it's hard to have a movie like it's hard to do that in a movie and like for you to give a shit about what happens to them when they're all a bunch of you know suck tods anyway. But <laughs> um, yeah, I just I just wrote that <laughs> copyright. Um, so. So yeah, so the characters, you know, so it, it, you kind of don't really care what happens to them because you hate them, but uh, but the movie does suck you in. And I th- I felt like you know I was yeah. I was really enthralled and wanted to know how this was going to play out, and they do some really cool cool um, camera angles, like like when um, when it when it when you see the one person's. Uh, screen and and it's kind of obstructed and you can't quite figure out what it is and then the guy the gathered guy goes to his closet and pulls it back and it's actually the the other camera uh-huh. you know i love that moment that was like the best moment of the movie i yeah. thought it was like super cool so yeah it was really well done um and i was trying to remember those- i mean they were being haunted by the spirit of the dead friend a friend who killed herself right yeah she killed herself because these assholes videotaped, videotaped her, her when she passed was out drunk. drunk and shit her pants okay yeah. oh, i thought it. that's what this movie was but and then they put it online so yeah. she was simulated and killed herself and... that's just another saturday night <laughs> so it's yeah it's a lot about like cyber bullying and stuff like that it says that the original title was supposed to be cyber natural <laughs> wow uh, I like that yeah. <laughs> Cybernatural <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> No and No <laughs> We'll stick with Unfriended yeah, For sure yeah. yeah They've made a wise choice there <laughs> Jason did you ever get around to watching it? No oh. <laughs> I was too scared it, I mean it looks like it was successful That's not true I just couldn't believe well, no. No. <laughs> you just couldn't believe a whole movie could... You could watch a whole movie just based on... I thought that was Skype. super cool. I, I think I saw you watching it, and I couldn't... I, like, when I got it, I, like, kind of skimmed through it just to make sure I got the full copy, you know, and I just, like, the thing never stopped being on the computer screen. I'm like, is this the whole fucking movie? I couldn't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> but mainly I didn't watch it because high school girls suck. And it's why true. do I well, want to bother? They turn you down every true. time. Right. Uh, and there is no redeemable characters why, in this movie, really. So why fucking waste my time with stupid girls? But it's still really cool the way they execute it. 
I mean, even not, it's not all completely within Skype. There are other programs that pop up and there's like chat conversations. And I just, I thought it was pretty well done. It was an amazing device used to tell the story. You know, they that part I respect. They did. They did awesome. an incredible job using the world of computers, literally within the world of computers, to tell their story. So, yeah, unfriended. Alrighty. Anyone else seen it? No. I heard it was good though. Yeah. Yes. Surprisingly, really good. Well, it's one of those movies that's so unique. Yeah. Probably can't do anything like it. There was there was another movie that I watched called The Den, that was pretty much all through somebody's computer screen, but that was more of a website kind of thing. I'm trying. It was on. Uh, it was on Netflix, but I don't remember much about it. So, obviously, not that memorable. <laughs> I mean, it, it, I remember thinking it was an okay movie, but. Compared to Unfriended, I mean, just the way you guys describe it, Unfriended sounds like the better choice. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, I don't think I've heard of the Den or Den or whatever. yeah, something like that. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. So, Unfriended, check it out. Anybody else? Who's who's next? John, do you have a? Uh... What do you want to talk about? Well, I, I have two movies, but only one of them is technically horror. So we'll just... I, w- I wanted to bring up Virtuosity, because that is a good example of, uh, you know, technology and killing. But uh, we'll we'll discuss Brain Scan. woo Yeah, Brain Scan. Oh, I, I love this movie so much. I didn't see it until... Oh, God. Sometime within the last five or so years, I picked it up on Blu-ray or really? DVD. I always wanted to see the movie ever since the trailers way back in the day, and I finally found a copy. And it just makes me miss the '90s so much. You totally with the the technology and the whole thing about how it's supposed. To, it's a pseudo virtual reality thing, like through brain waves or whatever. But oh, the look of uh, was it the trickster or whatever the hell? Trickster, yeah. yeah, just his look, the music, just the technology. Is how he, his uh, his phone is through his uh, computer, and he's got like Igor on there, and yeah, yeah, yeah. His, oh my uh, god, his, it's just so ridiculous and awesome. Takes the phone off the hook, and the girl next door tries calling him, and and instead of a busy signal, she gets. <laughs> Master is busy. Yeah. Master <laughs> like, is busy. Uh, Master is busy. It's, it's things like yeah. that that just... Well, and what's crazy is he's got a widescreen TV or computer monitor. Nobody had that in 94. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they existed, obviously, but he had that? Like, what the fuck? I mean, it wasn't even utilized by anything. Yeah, you know, that was, like, such a, a common trend during that period is to have, like... Just like a wacky technology that totally doesn't exist, but like pass it off as as if it's real. Yeah, like, like people the back then weren't you know as computer illiterate, obviously as they are now. So you could just put like crazy shit in there, you know, and it, it you know it kind of spans genres too. You know, you watch yeah. like a a crime show and they'll have like some crazy computer software that can like enhance, you know, make really shitty you know, two megapixel pictures into like HD. Yeah. Just really retarded. And people, people eat it up. Yeah. It's, but yeah, it kind of reminded me of like, uh, 
like on uh, Clarissa Explains It All, like Ferguson had all that crazy computer yeah. stuff. Yeah. That's what it reminds me of. Well, that's going to be a, a common theme, I think, with any of the movies that we talk about that come from the 80s or 90s. And the fact that, like, this, this, uh, this, the pseudo technology magic that happens, because, like, nobody knew how, what really computers could do. So, like, all this mythology was, was built around what they thought this, like, sci fi world of computers could do. And that, yeah, that's why I love Brain Scan. I mean, the whole idea of using brain waves or, you know, computer wave, whatever the hell you want to say. To mess with brain waves to make you think that you're in this like virtual environment is so incredibly mm-hmm. out there. Yeah. So to sum up the movie for anybody who hasn't seen it, like um, it stars uh, Edward Furlong before, before drugs. He, yeah, before. Well, drugs. okay, probably during drugs, but before he he went overboard. Before he gained five hundred pounds. Yeah. How about that? Okay. Um, uh, I mean, no, actually, it was not too long after Terminator 2, to be honest. I think this was like the next movie after Terminator 2 for him. Pretty much. Yeah, so, um, and I, he's got, you know, it starts off with like this like crazy dream sequence where, you know, he's this little boy and he's crawling from this wreckage and his mom is dead and all that. So you learn right there that, you know, his his mom's dead and he walks with a limp through the whole movie, so... The car accident was a real thing, and his mom is dead, and his dad's hardly ever around. I think he goes on a business trip or some shit. Yeah. So he's just kind of left. He's just like kind of spoiled brat, left home with his like horror movies and horror magazines and his computer. What's the horror movie so, they watch in class in the horror appreciation club or whatever? Oh shit! I, I, I'm drawing a blank on what they watch. I thought it was like something. Or was it something like? Or was it like a blood, fake movie? But yeah, I, it was I, fake. I, I, I death, was death, real. death, or something. I, yeah, that, yeah. Is that death, what, death, 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 death? Yeah. The movie itself death, looked death, real, death, but death, death, death. No, it was, yeah. it was death, 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 part two. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's, ex- and that was the thing, too. Like, back in the day, you know, th- what I really liked about the movie is that I felt like it spoke to me as a horror fan. I mean, this mm-hmm. is a movie, this is a movie about a horror fan, so I felt like, this is a movie about us. You know, hey, you know, these, and they really know what they're talking about. But it's all made up shit, other than the Fangoria, Fangoria magazine references. Because uh, he's got a stack of Fangos, and, and what happens is he sees, an, he sees an ad in the back of Fango advertising this. Was that the name of the game, too? Brain Scan? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He's advertising this computer game, Brain Scan, and being the most terrifying, realistic computer game ever. So he. So he's like he kind of scoffs at that and he orders it and it it comes in sections like you like get disconnected kind of thing yeah. which is crazy cuz now episodic content like games are the thing Yeah Exactly so he plays so he plays the first game and basically you know it's all it starts off all POV and you have this vo- this guy telling him where to go voiceover which is which we learn later is the trickster and then he kind of blacks out and then, like the trickster, trickster shows up, you know, telling him it, it all really happened. And like, um, I, I guess when he killed the person in the game, he took a souvenir, like the foot or yeah, something, the foot. Like a foot. Opens his dresser drawer, and there's a, there's the foot. And so, and then, and then, so like, the next disc he has he has to play because the trickster tells him that he left he left evidence linking him to the crime at the crime scene. 
So disc two is going back in and getting the uh, getting the evidence, and then there was a witness. So the next disc is about taking care of the witness and and just how he just completely keeps falling down the rabbit hole of of uh, more and more death and and mayhem as he's trying to cover up the original crime. So you know, um, <clears throat> so yeah. I, I really, I've always really loved the movie. I got to see it in the theater. Oh, for, nice! Uh, oh, yeah. jelly. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, though, I was talking about how I felt like this was a movie written for horror fans, but again, like all the horror stuff was, you know, you know, all made up. You know, it's like if that movie was made today, there'd be real references. Like nowadays, when you get those kind of movies. Uh, that have nerd culture in it. The nerd cu- culture is real. There's yeah. real references to that stuff, and it's not, it's not phony made but it's up kind of, stuff. I, I don't yeah. know. I kind of like the made up part. I mean, I don't know. It kind of makes it fun. Like at the time, because with internet not being what it, you know, what it is now. I mean, obviously it existed at the time, but people would see that movie and go, "Well, fuck, is death, death, death a real movie?" And then people <laughs> would be like, "Well, I want to find out." But then they, you know, might find out about other movies. You know. It, that are you know just as violent or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, sure. It it made people want to seek out stuff, I guess. And now, I mean, you know, when there's oh look, an Evil Dead Two poster, everybody knows what Evil Dead Two is. You know, it's not yeah, so. But, but not what obscure. about like? I know it's not a horror movie, but what like what about like in Juno when they have the argument of like. Um, Argento you know, and uh, Argento versus Herschel Gordon Lewis, and I'm just like. They're fucking talking about Herschel Gordon Which Lewis in this like A list awesome. picture. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. And like, what's really cool for me is like nobody knows who, you know, no normies know who Herschel Gordon Lewis yeah. is. And they're showing clips of Wizard of Gore on the TV screen, and I'm just like, ooh, there's got to be somebody out there that discovered Herschel Gordon Lewis thanks yeah. to the movie Juno. You know. So that's where I like the that's where I like the real references because I get giddy and I'm like, oh my god, Herschel Gordon yeah. Lewis. You, and then on the other spectrum, it's like that's a great introduction for somebody. You can get you can in a weird way you could you know because of the different you know times and how the internet worked, you could in a way get both you know introductions in a way. I mean, yeah, obviously yeah. now it's like, oh, is Herschel Gordon Lewis you know real? Yep. Okay. You know. Let's seek out his stuff. But <laughs> oh fuck, his shit is real. Holy like, cow! Dear God, this exists. This is crap. <laughs> <laughs> like you, you've seen Serial Mom, right? Oh yeah. How, oh yeah. How her son, um, I'm blanking on his name, but played by Matthew Lillard, is so obsessed yeah. with horror movies, and they're sitting, sitting there watching. You know, I think what it's a, it's a Herschel Gordon Lewis movie. You know? It was Blood Feast. Yeah, he was pulling it's, up it's stuff like that now, punk. obviously because. You know, John Waters the way he is, he's like, I'm using the real shit. <laughs> well, he he's also been about notably, yeah. Well, he's also notably a very big Herschel Gordon yeah. Lewis fan. He always has been. I so. just I think any way you can get somebody's interest or like grab somebody's interest in these underground movies, whether they're real or not, I think I think it's a good thing. Well, take like a Quentin Tarantino for example. I. I never knew. I didn't know uh, Sonny Chiba was a real thing in, until I, it, after I saw True Romance. I thought it was all made up. Oh, really? Until I found a until I found a copy of Street Fighter on VHS in some bargain bin somewhere. Oh, and I'm like, holy shit, Sonny Chiba's a real thing. I thought it was just like some some made up thing, uh, Bruce Lee knockoff like thing. Yeah. yeah. And then I discovered the whole world of Sonny Chiba, and that was yeah. all thanks to Quentin. Yeah. So. yeah. He's, he's. I mean, a lot of people give that man some hate, but. He's done a lot for cinema. 
We don't yeah, have What? What did you say? Like rip it off. Oh, whatever. <laughs> but I know a lot of people that discovered uh, uh, Christina Lindbergh because of uh, because of Quentin Tarantino. Of course, still a lot of people don't know who she is, but you know, any yeah. any time my my favorite woman can get some love, you know, I'm all I'm all about it. <laughs> That's right. <clears throat> oh, I got oh, I got a story about that later. Anyway. <laughs> Um, it, it ties into Insane's pick, so I gotta, I gotta Ooh, say that. Fancy. Okay. Anyway, um, so yeah, so Brain Scan, it's it's definitely a lot of fun. It's I mean, so worth buying if you can find it. Yeah. Trick, trickster taking that raw chicken and oh. squirting it with mustard and then eating it. Yeah. <laughs> and him, him dancing around, like jumping around on the bed and bouncing off of shit, listening to Primus is so fucking cool. Yeah. I don't know what it is about that scene, but it just uh, cracks me up. Kind of makes me feel nostalgic. Just makes me want to break shit. Now it is a little obvious that this was also during the heyday of Freddy Krueger. I mean, you know, Trickster kind of comes off as like, okay, we need a a wisecracking monster for our movie. But the movie also gives you that thing. Not that I'm, I'm not really giving too much away, but. Is he real? Is this all in the kid's head? Yeah. You know, is what's is he actually killing people and just, you know, in his brain he's disguising it as a video game? I mean, there's a lot of ways you could nitpick this movie, but it's just, you know, just sit yeah. back and have a lot of fun with it, really. It's just a great flick. Absolutely. Yeah, I thought it was I thought it was really suspenseful. I just saw it recently um for the first time. But yeah, I was surprised and Man, I forgot how good of an actor Edward Furlong is too, he, or yeah. was. Yeah. He was, could actually yeah. do stuff. Yeah. And then yeah. he made the, yeah. like the fourth or fifth or tenth Crow movie that nobody watched. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, that might have been the official start of the downfall, right? Yeah, uh, he was already he was already over at that point. He just needed heroin money, so or taco <laughs> money. I don't know. <laughs> Looked like he had a lot of drugs, but the the tacos kind of got the better of him. Well, you saw the Night of the Demons remake, right? No, I have not. No. I'm oh, willing to see it, but I've heard it's just shit. He is. It's not bad. I gave it the first time I watched it. I turned it off. <laughs> it's not um, bad, but I I turned it off. Well, no, no, no. But then I went back a couple years later and gave it another chance, and it's not bad. But Ed, Edward Furlong um, does not help the movie at all. <laughs> He is not good at all in it, man. Yeah. And it's a real, it's a sh- shame because he really did have a promising career. He did. A I fine loved him job. Back Yeah, he did a fine I job. Thought, yeah, I thought for sure. And I apparently I'm totally terrible at predicting on who the who's going to be the long lasting big Hollywood stars because I predicted him, and I also remember back in the day I predicted Christian Slater as being like the uh, the having the longevity in Hollywood. Nope. Nope. Christian Bale. Who would have thought? <laughs> that little scam anyway. from Newsies went on to do great things. They say Christian Bale. Yeah. Oh, I meant Christian Slater. I'm sorry. No, I meant I meant Christian Bale. Oh. Oh. Okay. Christian Slater. Well, but Christian Slater's career has uh, been doing pretty good now, right? Mister Robot or whatever that is. I, oh, I don't yeah. know what I'm talking about now. Well, yeah, but he was in the shitter for quite a long time. Though, yeah, so. not as bad as Val Kilmer, but, you know, in the shitter. Well, <laughs> at least Val, Val Kilmer, Kilmer never had to work for Uwe Boll. 
<laughs> exactly. Oh, See, point, that's what I'm point. saying. Christian Slayer, not only in the Uwe Boll film, but opposite Tara Reid of all people. <laughs> She's is a nice lady, I think, maybe. Probably that not. was like the last movie of his, I think, before he sort of started getting in on the joke, though. Uwe Boll? Yeah. Like, Alone in the Dark is just a glorious pile of shit, but it's so much fun. Oh, it doesn't even make any sense. That's why you it's guys so much actually fun. watched an Ubol movie? <laughs> oh yeah, I've seen like ten minutes of one. Well, no, I watched. Um, oh, what's the one with Dave Foley? Postal. That Postal. that's actually a great movie, though. Uh, that's that's actually probably see, the best film. You also see Dave Foley's dick. <laughs> and as somebody who grew up watching kids in the hall, I always thought he had a vagina. I mean, he always made <laughs> he always made a better looking woman. <laughs> <laughs> so I really was like, oh, he does that. It's kind of hard to tell in Pat. It's kind of hard to tell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I, yeah, I liked Postal, too. I'm, I'm with you on that's, Postal. That's I, an movie. I mean, the end of the movie has George W. Bush and Osama bin Laden skipping off into a field of daisies yeah. <laughs> with mushroom clouds in the background. That is beautiful. <laughs> Who knew? Like, Uva Bolt is a terrible filmmaker when he tries to make horror and sci-fi movies, but when he makes comedy, apparently he's actually really funny. Who he's knew? He's terrible at everything. Although, I highly recommend getting... How, we were talking earlier about special features and stuff. I highly recommend yes. getting House, I know where you're going with get House of the Dead, watch the movie, then listen to the commentary track with Uwe Boll, who spends the entire 90 minutes praising the movie and saying how great it is and that it's better than Romero's original trilogy. Oh, he made the really? movie. And then listen to the commentary with the right, the original screenwriter who got fired, who spends the entire 90 minutes apologizing for how shitty the movie is. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I, need I thought, oh. I thought you were going to talk about the special feature on postal where they show the boxing matches where he took on <laughs> all, the, all the critics. Too. Yeah. That's fun. Oh, uh, yeah. uh, he's he's yeah he's special, and he's and the best way to do it. And I understand that it means having to watch House of the Dead three times in a row, but that's how I did it. Just get the thing and block out an afternoon and just go, and it's awesome. Oh man, that I remember seeing a, I remember seeing a magazine uh, a magazine ad of several years back for a comedy re-edit version of House of the Dead that Uwe Boll did, <laughs> but I've never been able to find a copy of that it. That sounds yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's, the, once the director's in on the joke, it stops being funny, though. <laughs> I, I uh, yeah, but of course, and then like we were saying, though, I mean, Postal's so funny. Who knows? Maybe it actually is really funny. Maybe he finally, you know, got a sense of humor about his own work. And well, but careful about giving him too much praise for comedy, though, because I saw Blubberella. And oh, that was Jesus Christ! Shit, yeah. I, I never did see that one. Although, Horrible. did you see Seed? His slash. No, no. That is fucking hard to sit through because it opens with like ten minutes of actual animal slaughter footage from uh, from like fur coat factories where they skin dogs uh, like Thailand. Oh, Jesus. It's, yeah, it's horrible. So that. maybe fuck Uwe Boll after all. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, you can sure. have him. <laughs> <laughs> so another amazing feat here on Attack of the Killer podcast, going from brain scan to Uwe Boll, but. <laughs> It's what we do best. <laughs> See, I'm sorry. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> you're off the show already, dude. I'm sorry. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. The second I was on, I would screw it everything up. Now nah, it's because you like Seed of Chucky. 
<laughs> hey, now. <laughs> we'll take some explanation someday. Anyway. Okay. Anybody else have anything you want to add about brain scan? Yeah, I got a a question. What do you guys think about like the ending? Like, oh yeah, where, good point. Where you know you think it's all a dream, or you think you know it was all part of the game, and then the fucking dog comes back with a foot. Like, so, like, did he really murder someone? Or oh yeah, the ending, ending, the ending, think, like the yeah, yeah. I, you, I mean, you could make the ar- argument, obviously, that he's still in the game, that it's just the trickster tricked him. And uh, he's still fucked. <laughs> I don't know. It's a it's a good point, and that's the thing too. Like it it is has such a what the fuck ending there that you can you you can overanalyze it all you want and come up with your own conclu- own conclusions. But if the movie ended without that scene with the dog in the foot, and it just ended with him like coming back to reality and going, you know. Um, going next door to the girls' party and everything is perfect and normal and it all really didn't happen. It was it was just the game. I would have been okay with that because yeah. it actually made sense. Now I normally hate those type of endings where oh it was all just a dream. Well, why did I sit here for an hour and a half if it was all just going to be a dream? You but know? No, I mean um, there is a there is a payoff. It really worked for this one though. No, I mean because there is a payoff because you know instead of getting killed, he uh, you know he's alive and he he gets the girl and. Exactly, so because, like, and then it's got that. Won the yeah. game, yeah. I mean, it's got that great, you know, like Night of the Demons esque sort of B plot payoff, where like, you know, he gets revenge on the <laughs> the nasty old dude. You know, the principal. He he gives him the the brain skin oh, yeah. game, yeah, to like fuck yeah. him. <laughs> I, that I forgot about me. that part and the tricksters like waving waving at him yeah. behind, yeah, the principal, classic, yeah. Cool, yeah. Brain scan. Brain scan. <laughs> Brain scan. It did have a great soundtrack, though. Oh, it really yeah. did. Okay. Had an amazing, a lot of good, lot of good music on it. What's next? What else? Technological movie horror movies. All right, fine. Uh, I'll say it. Evil speak. <laughs> Evil speak. It was it was it was the only one I got a chance to rewatch for the episode, yeah. so I knew we had to talk about it. Back to the dog murder. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, there's that. I love Evil Speak though. Um, it's just so batshit crazy there yeah. in the third act. But for anybody who hasn't seen it, you got and any movie that stars Clint Howard is awesome in my book. Yeah. Ice, oh yeah. Yeah. Also see Ice Cream Man. But anyway, <laughs> um, he's going to this like military school because he's this orphan and and everybody like hates on him and picks on him. He's bullied by um, he's bullied by these these three or four this clique of three or four popular kids, um, but. All the teachers give him shit, and the principal gives him shit, and everybody's just just it beats down on poor Clint Howard, Aww. and he's instructed. And I guess like the the church on this on this military campus was was built on like this 
this ancient ground where they did like satanic rituals back in the day. So in the base, so he's told to go clean out the basement of the church, right? And he goes down there and he discovers behind a wall, like this book and all of these, like all these like satanic symbols and all this shit. And so that's kind of his little hideout spot. And he starts doing research on, on the computer, like 1982 computers. (laughs) Um, about it, and so like Satan, I guess is it Satan or is it actually the the dead cult leader um, Esteban? I think it was Esteban. Yeah, it was yeah. Richard Mall. Richard Mall, yes, yeah. exactly. This fucking Talking. Richard Mall is like this this Spanish Satanist Satanist who gets you know uh, uh, excommunicated from from Spain, and and yeah, he uh, I guess. I don't know if he builds the church or like, you know, his, his land is, uh, you know, the church is built on that. And so he's got, but his tomb is in the basement. Yeah. They, like, they kind of say what's going tomb. on with that, but I don't remember. Yeah. I watched got, it like, today. This like the priest is given the tour of the campus to some lady and I can't remember who she was. Oh, the mother of somebody, the mother of, yeah. Yeah. Mother of, um, actually the big bully of the, of yeah, the who was Donna's dad on, uh, that uh, 70 uh, show. Yeah. That, I that didn't dude gained that. some weight. Yeah. I didn't realize that either until I watched the bonus features after watching the movie. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. Um, anyway, but, uh, so yeah, he gives some exposition there, but I forget what it was. But yeah, Esteban's uh, tomb is right there in the basement of this fucking church. Right. I'm oh, sorry, you were gonna say something else there, Sam? Nah. Uh, no, yeah, and then like he's got this this book of shadows type tome with like all his uh, notes in it, and uh, uh, Clint Howard finds that and kind of uses that to. Uh, <laughs> It's it's really unclear, like, what's going on with the computer. He just, like, I guess enters in all this, uh, you know, text, and it kind of translates it. And, and then somehow turns ah, into his... I don't know what's going on. Uh, it's, it makes some kind of, like, software where it's, like, some kind of satanic algorithm. That, like, needs, needs human uh, blood <laughs> kind of thing. So my take on it is the computer actually gets possessed by this Esteban guy. And is talking to Clint Howard through, through the computer because it tells him how to do the rituals, and and like and then it goes through some crazy like 1982 animation graphics of flames and Satan and, and oh, so, satanic symbols and so shit. So awesome! Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, so that's where the computer stuff comes into play, and I I. I rewatching again. I thought for sure. I, I I always thought the computer was far more prominent than it actually was. Yeah. I mean, it's it's in there, and it's still a big motivator, and it's still the big push of what making him do what he does. But in all reality, it didn't feel like it needed to be there. I mean, it to- it really totally didn't. I mean, I guess it, it's like part of his character, Clint Howard, that you know he's kind of this computer nerd, but. As in terms of like plot, like it could have easily just been, you know, him with the book, yeah, you yeah. Know, doing these rituals. Like it, it really just kind of you know makes things more confusing. Honestly, like, <laughs> like how how exactly does you know? Because there's like all this sort of psychokinetic activity where somehow without you know without even being 
connected to the computer, like it somehow has an effect on, on, you know, the victims. Like there was this one part where uh, one of the guys gets his neck snapped. Oh, that was awesome. <laughs> How it had, oh. And there's like a, an animation on the computer of like a spine getting snapped. But yeah. It's like, like, like satanic the, symbol spine. Like how did, weird, how like, is that happening exactly? I mean, Richard like Mall is just yeah. that awesome, man. Yeah, there's some fantastic just, gore in this movie. Some really oh really God. good makeup effects. The head splitting scene at the end. Yeah, when he's floating oh, around yeah. and when he yeah. like right down the middle of the head. Oh man, that was awesome. Just blew that, up like a watermelon. Well, that's one of the best head chopping scenes I've ever seen, yeah. man. Yeah. Well, and even like the the. The pig puppet, when the pigs are attacking people, like they made like a, I would assume it's just a hand puppet. I don't think it's a fully animatronic thing, but like the prosthetic pig head looks really good too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the pig heads look really good. I mean, you can still kind of tell sometimes they just linger on the, the fake head just a couple frames too long. Because, I mean, it looks good, but it's still not as natural moving as as the actual pig itself. But, but, uh, but yeah, the, those pig effects, like the the woman that um, you know has the shower scene, and then the pigs come and crash into the bathroom, and then <laughs> oh, man. and then eat her in the bathtub. Like that was fucking okay, awesome. Okay, I gotta mention this right now. I had to show my wife that woman has the weirdest breasts I've ever seen in a movie. Oh, I, I agree. Yeah, they are weird. so goddamn bizarre. Like I'm. <laughs> I didn't want to be so judgmental, but I'm just like, what the fuck is going on here? Because the nipple wraps up underneath the breast. Like these weird puffy nipples, but then she kind of had like really horrible breast implants that were super... I don't know what's going on there. That's something I was trying to figure out too, because they look... The the shape of them is wrong. They look fake, but they're they're not big. It's like you have a ball, two balls in the middle of the chest... And then you just have the nipples hanging down, just <laughs> flat, just hanging down. And then there's this weird curve. Under, I don't. Uh, it's it's like, so the, goddamn bizarre. If you were gonna get but breast the, implants. Why get one so small? But you want to talk about weird looking breast implants? There's a Joe Nabato movie called Sex and Black Magic that is the worst implants I've ever seen. But that's a topic for another show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when we do our boobs episode. Yeah. <laughs> Um, some of the stuff about the computer being kind of confusing. When I rewatched the movie for the episode, I because I had seen it fairly, I had bought it within the last year on the Scream Factory Blu-ray. So, yeah, I just got it. Not so long yeah, myself. I'm so sorry. when I rewatched it, I decided to do it with the commentary track instead. And it's I think I oh, want nice. to say it's the director and the producer. And um, when they when they got the script originally, it was just a straight up carry knockoff. There was no computer stuff in it. But because mm. you know. They, they decided to, to put their spin on it to make it something unique and have a gimmick. Like, we're going to add these newfangled computers because nobody really... I mean, computers yeah. were a thing you got to use at school at the time that movie was made. Like, there was yeah. no such thing really as a home computer. Um, and, it, you know, it, it shows that they didn't have a clue what the hell they were either <laughs> because they just sort of shoehorned it in there as as their gimmick to make the movie stand out. Um yeah, it does feel very, you know, shoehorned and superfluous, but somehow it, it kind of doesn't matter, though. You kind of, I don't know, just kind of buy into it. <laughs> Something about Clint Howard. 
It's just yeah. he makes the oh, there, he has a computer and he just dragged it down to his dungeon. Essentially, <laughs> that's okay. It's Clem Howard. Like, yeah. I'm cool with it. Like, hey, he's a nerd. So they they were saying yeah. he was uh, late teens, maybe twenty twenty one at the most when they made that movie. So the fact that he, yeah. I mean, yeah. he's a I really mean, good actor. People, he still had hair, so he must yeah. Have Pretty, well, nope, not that's not really. He had a toupee. He's got a wig hair there. They said he had a toupee. They had to put a toupee on him, even in even at that young age. Oh, really? he, his hair was already yeah. receding pretty badly at that time. But I think oh. that works, though, because then you get that really cool fucking weird, um, like straight up bang. Yeah, and exposing the, when he's like all demonized. Yeah, that's when it really yeah. works. Yeah, I was just oh, I love that whole end. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's so funny listening to these two crusty old men talking about this movie. Like, and nowadays they do everything in CGI. Like when he's cleaning out the basement, you know, uh, we had to use real cobwebs and real dust, and now it would all be digital. And like, I, you know, being an old school monster kid who loves dudes in rubber suits knocking over model buildings, even and you know, I, I'm not a the biggest fan of CGI, but even I was like, come on, guys, they would not. I think that would still be a practical effect. I don't know. Well, Michael Bay might. Well, eh, fuck Michael. But then there'd be explosions (laughs) in the cobwebs. (laughs) The cobwebs. And buildings falling over. Buildings falling over. And then uh, that annoying chick that he seems to like putting in his movies. (laughs) I that is that is in my top ten of all time things that I hate in commentary tracks is when when these older filmmakers feel the need to mention this was before the days of CGI. Well, no shit, Squirm was made before the days of CGI. I get that. (laughs) I understand. If this was, then this movie's really shitty because it looks like crap compared to the movies that came after CGI was invented. Yeah. Thinking of explosions, buildings falling over, the other really thing that stood out to me that was really funny listening to that commentary other than the the shoehorning of the computer stuff into the you know this carry knockoff script was the church that gets kerblooied at the end was a real yeah. church and it was like falling apart and it had been condemned and they they <laughs> went and they went in and fixed the whole thing up and made it look like nice and brand new again and the the guy who used to be the priest of that church happened to walk by one day yeah and and came in and was like, oh, you've restored my church. Thank you so much. I'm oh, no. so happy. And then he came back the day that he blew it up. And he was like, oh, what are you doing? No. Yeah. When he, when he saw, I guess, that they were fixing it up, nobody had the heart to tell him, oh, by the way, this is going to be burnt to a crisp, like, within the week. Like, Poor guy. That's that's sad and funny, though. Really funny. Like, I, I went, Yeah. I wonder oh, if there's like I wonder if there's like some kind of protocol where you have to like deconsecrate the church before you blow it up, or did it just <laughs> say fuck it? It's, it's now I, a haunted uh, ground. <laughs> I think yeah. shooting a devil worship movie in it probably did a pretty good job of deconsecrating it. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, <laughs> or having having giant boars running through the. I am actually kind of curious about how you got to do that, though. I mean. Katie and I were married in a uh, decommissioned Catholic church. So it's like, well, what did they have to do to decommission it? Like, you can't do this. You can't use this as a church anymore. You know, like, it's just a building now. Like, what do you do? Yeah, I don't know. Fuck, now I want to know. Look that up, Brian. You're the nerd. <laughs> also the newbie. I can finally say that I'm no longer the newbie. Get on that. I <laughs> After a year and a half. Well, yes, Amasa. 
<laughs> I give you a uh, spanking later. Anyway, oh. speaking of the uh, the the church stuff and just how all amazing it is and all the great gore, but just on a on a technical level, how amazing it is. Like, well, first of all, nobody died making that movie because all that fire is real, and I, I'm not saying that in the term of like it's not CGI fire. No, I'm just saying like. Oh, that set is on fire, man. Yeah, when they are when they're all running around through there. Well, when the guy falls into the door and... when it's on fire, and then he catches yeah. on fire, like oh yeah, that, there's not a lot covering his face going on there. Like oh. usually, it's this full body suit, and it's like nope, that dude actually looks like he's on fire right now. Like holy shit! I, I just don't know if they just didn't give a fuck or like, <clears throat> or if they just had major precautions, but. That building is on fire, man. They are shooting scene after scene after scene with this building on fire. It's crazy. Mm. Yeah, of course, it's... now it would all be digital. <laughs> Calm down, Grandpa. <laughs> You'll get your pudding, and then we'll put you to bed. <laughs> How old is Brian? Uh, <laughs> Younger than me. How old are you? I'm 33. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> Just, I didn't know. Wait, I'm yeah. old. I mean, not every, not anybody's, you know, as old as uh, Mike, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Someday we'll all reach fifty. Hey, <laughs> who's getting kicked off the show? <laughs> me, Brian. <laughs> he told me to say it. Oh, oh hey, okay. hey, he's a bad influence. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So, like. Definitely, if you haven't seen it, man, check out Evil Speak. If anything, for that last 15, 20 minutes, man, it's, it's just off the rocker. Oh, one of my favorite effects in the whole movie is the is the uh, giant Jesus on the cross statue that starts coming to life at the wrist. That yeah. was so, like, pulsates yeah. right where, oh. Yeah, you could see the veins start oh. to pulsate, and you're like, that's a fucking statue. And then, like... <laughs> And then the nail pops out of the hand and then jabs the priest right in the forehead. It's fucking awesome. Kind of like Statue Jesus was beating off. And yeah, it was weird. Like it just pulsates and pulsates and then boom, shoots his wad right onto the priest's head. It's weird. <laughs> it's not quite how I described it, but okay. <laughs> that's how I'm going to describe it because that's what it looked like. Oh, you're drinking again. It always again. looks like and John. I would just like to say that that puppy he adopts is the cutest puppy. Oh no! Oh yeah. Aww. And then what the one what the one bully jerk does to it? It's yeah. Like, but either way, that puppy's been dead in real life for a long time. <laughs> wow. But I have a feeling they couldn't get that dog to cooperate too much too, because there's there's. Every time it had a close-up, I swear to God, it was the exact same shot. Probably. They just reused it over and over again. Well, he said they, it took so long to shoot the movie and that dogs grow up, like puppies grow so oh, fast, yeah. they had to keep finding different puppies that kind of looked the same, that were the, I don't know what breed it was, but that dog is played by like four different puppies because every time they got a new puppy, it would grow Girl. out of the shots. And they had well, to I want a new puppy. Seven. Well, actually, I just want a puppy. Come on, Brian. You got like five billion dogs. Hook me up. You can have all of them, but Richard. <laughs> Sadly, Richard's Rich. the one I want. <laughs> anyway, yeah, good. So yeah, yeah, great movie. Except, okay, I got to bring this up. Uh, the cook, 
There's the one shot where he goes into the, the kitchen to get some food, and that cook is standing there. He's, like, wearing nothing but an apron. Yeah, he's wearing nothing but an apron. That that's really freaks. That's just gross and disturbing, and he that's probably sanitary. he would probably go to jail nowadays. I mean, just... It really freaked me out, too. I mean, I was having sleepaway camp flashbacks because there's only two people in the whole movie that's nice to Clint Howard, and that's the, the one kid from What's Happening, and... Um, who I swear is only in the movie just to be the one character that's nice to Clint Howard. And he's a and then, black guy. Well, and, yeah. And then you have the cook. And your first scene with the with Clint and the cook, the cook is wearing nothing but an apron. He's completely shirtless. And he's like, come on to the back. I'll give you some food and cook yeah, some up like, a steak and stuff. And I'm like, I'm waiting for the sexual favors. I'm waiting. How do you think he got the steak? Exactly. Cut that out. I know how things yeah. work. I bet but it just turned out he was just being a nice guy to him, and I'm like, phew, I thought it was going to take a, such a sour turn, you know? Well, how he gives him the dog. Oh, can I keep him? Yeah, take him. I don't fucking care. I'd let nature I'd let nature run its course, but whatever. Take that dog. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, man, you're heartless. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway, good movie. Like, I literally just watched that right before the episode. Oh, nice. On, uh, on uh, YouTube, and I'm like, I need to buy this. I I really liked it. Yeah, yeah and he would if he didn't spend all his money on. <laughs> if they would have had it at three copies of Madman. Madman. I've only purchased those over the course of like five years. It's all good. <laughs> Does anybody need a copy of Shockwaves? Though I got two of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've already got the DVD. So. All right. Does anybody need a copy of Toolbox Murders? Because I got two of them. I got two of them too, but one of them's a remake. So. Yeah, I still haven't seen that. But anyway. Oh, wait, maybe I do have Toolbox on Blu ray. Oh, damn it. Now I gotta go look. <laughs> um, who else has got a movie they want to talk about while I go look? <laughs> Anybody? Any other techno horror? We could talk movies? about Virtuosity. <laughs> <laughs> Just because I love that movie. Isn't that with Denzel? Yeah, Denzel oh, and yeah. Uh, Russell Crowe's at least earlier films in the U.S. But it's such a fun movie. I mean, not really horror, but I mean, definitely that mid-90s technology with, you know, virtual reality and, you know, like 500 megabytes of memory. <laughs> like, it's just, it's like, wow, man, my, my calculator's got more than that. <laughs> I really, really enjoyed watching Lawnmower Man when it came out. Yeah, but I'd spent so long. I don't I know. I really wanted. I was hoping someone else would <laughs> go, oh, well, fuck yeah, that movie, blah, blah, blah. I didn't talk for an hour. I really but wanted I to revisit it. it. Yeah. I even own it, and I was like, I should watch that. And then it just never happened. Fuck, I own both of them. <laughs> I never did see the second one. I don't one. think I've seen the second one either. Yeah, I've, te- I've technically never watched the second one. I mostly bought the, the two-pack for the first one, because I remember kind of liking it back in the day. <laughs> I'm trying to remember who was in the second one. Uh, I'm trying to remember who was in the first one. Here's first Brosnan? One had, here's Brosnan. Jeff, Jeff Fahey? Jeff Fahey? Jeff Fahey. Jeff Fahey, who was the lawnmower man. Yeah. 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 So I'm trying to remember who they replaced him with in the sequel. Yeah. 
We're all sitting and in I, front of computers and nobody's looking. Uh, <laughs> Fuck that. So I like cool. thinking about shit. There's probably a decent chance it didn't hold up, but yeah. that's probably why none of us have went back Patrick to it. Patrick Bergen and Matt Frewer. Matt Frewer. Oh, Matt Frewer. Um, uh, uh, Max Headroom. Yeah, thank you. Oh, yeah. yeah that's right. I, okay. I knew it was somebody I would I would recognize. If I, yeah, yeah, I like You have a Max Headroom impression, don't you? Hi, I'm Max Hedrum. <laughs> I, I wasn't sure. I just wanted to try to make sure. <laughs> was it spot on? It was. I couldn't tell the difference. Did you know that Max Hedrum had a Christmas special back in the day? Oh, here goes another tangent. <laughs> oh, no. I, I want to find it. I could oh, want a I tangent just, about Max Hedrum as well. But I, go I, first. There, there's this YouTube show I watch called um, Good Bad Flicks, and he did an episode on um, the Max Hedrum Christmas special. I forget the name of it, but uh, and he shows clips from it and talks about it, and 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 it just looks so fucking bizarre. Like it doesn't make any sense. Now Jace is playing Max Headroom on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> somebody better talk. Makes great radio. We're watching stuff. Well, on okay, should I bring yeah. up the Max Headroom broadcast uh, intrusion? From uh, 1987. Does anybody know about this? Intrusion. So right. back in uh, on November 22nd, 1987, uh, what's the? Re- I'm trying to see what the TV station is. WTTW uh, in Chicago, Illinois. They were playing an episode of Doctor Who, and all of a sudden, the broadcast got interrupted by somebody with a Max Headroom mask. And a weird background, and like literally all he does is like say a few things and then like giggle. I was all ready to think this was awesome until you said he interrupted Doctor Who, and now I'm mad at you guys. <laughs> day, nobody knows who this was. Like they literally interrupted a broadcast, did some ultra weird shit, and then then it stopped. And nobody knows what the fuck happened. That's amazing. Like just thought... look at, just look at Max Headroom broadcast signal intrusion or whatever. I've read about it multiple times, and it's still like, what the fuck happened? Mm. Awesome. And the yeah. only detail I want to know is which doctor did he interrupt? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's all I heard. It's eighty six, so horror fang rock. You tell us. Yeah, but but it came over to PBS station or to yeah to PBS stations probably ten years after <laughs> it was getting broadcast in England. So, well then, fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and for those those of you who are looking at me shaking their heads, Max Headroom counts because he's a computer. Oh, character, so it fits the episode. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, look that shit up. It's weird. I thought you were going to say that... Does anyone remember when Sci-Fi Channel first came on the air? Probably very yeah. early 90s. For yeah. like a at least a couple of weeks, maybe a month before they officially launched the network, they had this weird placeholder thing that looked like... Like the console of, a, of an alien spaceship with all these strange dials and things moving and computer screens showing weird images and stuff. With this voice saying, invasion is imminent. The, and I remember see, like just channel surfing at my grandma's house because she had, you know, living out in the country, I didn't have any good TV. So my grandma had satellite and I was channel surfing in her house one day and came across this. And it was 
fucking terrifying to a you know, kid in the single digits age. Like, what the shit is this? We're all going to be invaded by aliens. I've stumbled across some secret signal. Well, no, it was just the, <laughs> just the, uh, the placeholder teaser kind of to get people all worked up about Sci-Fi Channel. But now I kind of wonder if somebody taped that and threw it on YouTube. But Probably. There's gotta be it's gotta be out there somewhere. Well, I remember V, the old the old miniseries V that played back in the day. Oh. When those commercials came on advertising when that was gonna hit, they played it like propaganda. Yeah. Like the invasion is coming, blah blah blah. It's gonna happen on this date and it kinda freaked me out as a kid. I'm like, This is just a show, right? I don't know, maybe it's not. No, it's just a show. I don't know. <laughs> Isn't that kind of stuff so, awesome though? Like nobody puts that much oh, yeah. thought into their their uh, advertising anymore. It's unless you get thinking. Some, occasionally you'll get some viral marketing stuff on the internet now, but you know, back before the internet, when the only way to market your thing was on the medium it was being shown on, that you know, people that, that old fashioned sense of hucksterism of that you know that carnival ballyhoo that trying yes. to get people interested. That's it's just it's kind of a lost art form now. Look at you using right. old-timey words. The last best... <laughs> the la- <laughs> Old-timey the last- words to computer episode with the guy who doesn't fucking know how to work computers. And- yeah. That's what makes it better. <laughs> <laughs> the last best example of that would have been probably the Blair, Blair Witch. Witch. Yeah. Although Cloverfield had some had some kind of some camp- a campaign yeah. that was kind of like that, though, too. But still, yeah, but not to the degree of what we've what we were talking about, though, where you really kind of question: Is this fucking real? Or <clears throat> like dating way back in the old radio days, when War of the Worlds first um, was done on the radio by Orson Welles, and yeah. you know there all the stories of people of mass hysteria because people thought it was real. Yeah, well, people are committing suicide over that. Yeah, and some people yeah. got so terrified that they were going to be enslaved by some horrible aliens that they flat out killed themselves. That's that's crazy. It's good radio. It's a great project. <laughs> well, yeah, good. damn good radio. If you can make somebody do that. Yeah. <laughs> Has anyone ever heard that broadcast? I don't know if I've. I don't think I've ever heard the actual original Orson Welles one, it's but I've heard really cool different adaptations. Really yeah. cool. See, when I was a kid, I had a I had an, a record that was um, War of the World was of War of the Worlds, and I remember because I had I, and as a child, I had already heard about the legend of the original War of the Worlds radio broadcast. So I was scared to listen to it, thinking it was going to cause me to want to kill myself or something. <laughs> so is the record you had the Jeff Wayne musical version? Because that's fucking awesome. <laughs> no, it was just a straight a straight telling of the story. It wasn't. Didn't have music or anything. I couldn't even remember. It's so long ago. I couldn't even remember if, even if I had a copy of the album in front of me, I probably wouldn't recognize it. <clears throat> anyway, what are we talking about in this right, episode? Right. Yeah. <laughs> this is technology. Hey, that, that was, was high tech back then, right? That counts. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Okay, I gotta ask because I know I brought this movie up on the show before. Can't remember when. Maybe the robot episode. Um, <laughs> and I think that that predates both both uh, John and Brian. So I gotta ask you guys: Have you ever seen Demon Seed? Nope. Yes, I. Yeah, I watched. I, I watched it specifically for Brian this episode. Suck up. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, cool. So you've seen it recently. Yeah, what you think? I, I really liked it. It was one of those things, like, I'd heard the concept of it, and I thought it was such a stupid concept, I never bothered to watch it or read the <laughs> Dean Koontz novel. Or novels, I guess. He did a rewrite from in the 90s from the computer's perspective. Oh, yeah. But then, um, actually, I don't know if you guys listened to the projection booth or not, but they did an episode on it not too long yeah. ago, and it sounded, Sweet. they made it sound really cool, so I wanted to see it, and then I saw it was on the list for, for tonight, so I thought, oh, i got to gotta check this out, and it's on, or it's, uh, no, it's on Daily Motion. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I, it was really, really good, and it kind of, it would make a good double feature with a movie that I'll bring up later for honorable mention, but, um, yeah, that great 70s kind of bummer ending yeah. um oh the, yeah yeah the the thing that uh pro, or uh, not prometheus proteus excuse me yeah, the, proteus. the thing that proteus builds to guard its cpu down in the basement that that diamond shaped thing that unfolds into that sort of robot worm um, yeah aside from the fact that it very noticeably steals the <laughs> door sound effect from star trek when it <laughs> Yeah, it, I mean that was really cool, and it, you know when it crushes that guy, that was neat, and uh, it made me think of I don't know if you guys are familiar with Metalocalypse, yeah, cartoon about the fictional death metal band oh, yeah. Death Clock. They yeah. have a song. I don't think it ever made it onto the show, but it's on their first album. It's called Better Metal Snake, <laughs> <laughs> and, that, and that thing made me think of that song. So nice. every time it it activated and attacked somebody, all I was hearing was Better Metal Snake. <laughs> that's good so for any of you uh, if any of you guys who haven't seen it um, it's a movie where it's I can't remember is it in the future I mean it's got to have some kind of like future to it as far as because the technology is so far advanced for the 70s but um, uh, this this house is controlled by this computer and the computer takes on kind of, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Sentience. Thank you. Perfect. Sentient, uh, becomes sentient and like, um, as it, as it learns and it grows. So basically it kidnaps, it kidnaps and holds hostage, uh, the woman that lives in the house and ends up raping her to bring, bring forth basically, um, because the because the computer wants a child. That's the movie, and it's awesome. Yeah, when the baby's born at the end and it's covered in all that weird, like style Art Deco stylized armor plating. That's yeah, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, good! I'm finally glad there's somebody it, that has seen this movie. It's a lot less silly than the concept would have you think it is. Oh like yeah! If somebody it's, just told you, look, like, well, like I was saying, that the, I thought the concept sounded dumb, so I never bothered with yeah. it. But you know, somebody said, "Oh yeah, a computer rapes a woman and she has its baby." Like, well, see, when it gets, fuck, to... does that work? That's dumb. <laughs> but when it actually yeah. happens, like, oh, that it works. They pull it off. Only, yeah, only it, in the seventies. <laughs> and it's dark. It is so dark. You just feel bad for this woman because, I mean, it's been a while since I've watched it, but uh, if my memory serves me. It just seems like she's just trapped in that house like forever, and then she just gets strapped down, and yeah, bad things happen to her. And it just gets really it's it's it sounds silly and ridiculous, but it just it's really dark and it, it's kind of more um, surreal that you know taking it as a surreal movie than taking it 
on its uh you can just use the brightness knob on the TV. Okay, because it's too it's dark. dark. Right. <clears throat> All right, fine. <clears throat> Any other ones we want to bring up? Yeah, okay. Has anyone seen Death Machine? Death Machine. Death Machine, Death Machine, Death no. Machine, Death Machine. Oh, it's, it's so It's the good. machine of death, Mike. Well, yeah. Okay, it's I want to say I think I have, or at least I know of the movie. I'm trying to remember now. It's from 1994. It was written and directed by Stephen Norrington, who was a creature effects designer on Aliens, Alien 3, Split Second, Hardware, Sherlock Holmes, a bunch of other stuff. He also directed the first Blade movie and, unfortunately, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which seems to have killed his directing career because <laughs> he hasn't done anything oh, yeah. else since then. But Good. it stars Brad Dourif. As, yeah. as Jack Dante, he's a mad scientist employed by this company called the Chank Corporation. And uh, he, they make military armament stuff. And he's been working on this, this project called Hard Man, which, okay, go ahead and laugh. Hard <laughs> <laughs> <Sure. laughs> Man. It's kind of a Robocop type thing where they take uh, war vets who've been in injured in battle and they wipe their brains and turn them into cyborgs to you know they're supposed to be like super soldiers but every time they do on the brainwash program fucks up and they go haywire and they escape the lab and they wind up killing a bunch of civilians so the deaths have been all over the news the public is is protesting the company um so naturally the, all the upper management people are looking for a scapegoat and they bring in this uh this corporate investigator named Hayden Kale and she's supposed to find out you know both what's been going on with the hard man failures as well as a bunch of killings that have happened within the company every time someone confronts this scientist Jack Dante they wind up scattered all over Chank headquarters in little pieces and they look like they've been torn apart by a shark like it, there's so many little references to other movies in this. It's one of those movies where they name characters after directors, like there's a Sam Raimi and a John Carpenter, and a Whalen and a Yutani, and a so on and so forth. Um, but there's a scene where she's typing at her computer, or uh, you know, filling out like a death report of what happened to one of these people, and she cause of death, and she types in shark attack, like in Jaws. But uh, the rumors within this company is that. Jack Dante has been building something the suits are calling a frontline morale destroyer in the lowest levels of Chank's R&D department, like down in the vaults in the basement. And uh, this Hayden Kale wants full public disclosure. She just wants the company to admit what they've been doing, open up to the public, and just try to you know apologize and move on. And she wants to fire Dante. Uh, and she goes about trying to get him out of the building because he lives in like this little rabbit warren of labs and shit down in the basement. She is trying to get rid of him. At the same time, this group of activists are breaking into the building to steal all the company's files and expose them to the public. And uh, the leader of the group is Sam Raimi that I was talking about earlier. They name all the characters after horror people because it's one of those nudge wink things uh he's played by a uh, actor named john sherian who's had a lot of small parts in big movies like fifth element saving private ryan but if you're a smeghead like i am and i know john is you'll Woo! recognize him as the alternate lister in the red dwarf episode back to reality where they get out of the <laughs> vr machine and they're the next crew is going in but oh uh, man 
Yeah. <laughs> For such nerds. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. At, at first, the activists just, they break in and they take everyone hostage. But then they have to join forces with Kale and another executive, played by the delightfully named William Hootkins, who also appeared in a lot of big movies. He was in Batman, he was in Raiders of the Lost Ark, he was in tons of stuff. Because um, Dante escapes into his lab and sets the War Beast loose, which is the frontline morale destroyer robot. Um, there's several different edits of the movie, I guess. Uh, Stephen Norrington was not happy with... the Like, there was some studio fuckery. So there's... The VHS version you can get in the States is like 90-some minutes long. There's a 111-minute director's cut. There's a 128-minute long, like, everything they cut out, put back in version, which you can see on YouTube, which is really cool because some of the stuff they add back in is, like, a lot of character backstory, so it actually makes the movie more interesting. Um, and uh, it's the, the performances are all fantastic, especially Duriff. He, I mean... I would honestly rather run into him as Charles Lily Ray than as Jack Dante. Because he's in like full on cranked up to 11 scary lunatic mode in this movie, and he's great. And it's not one of those things where, you know, they hired him for a day so they could put his name on the VHS case, you know, so people would rent it or whatever. Like, he is a major character in the movie. Um, it also has Richard Brake who played the the ambulance driver who says fuck like 500 times before he dies in Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. And he's he's current he's currently the Night King on Game of Thrones. He is? Yeah, and it's the first film appearance of Rachel Weiss. Yay. <laughs> okay. <It's... laughs> she's a fairly big name actress. No, she is. She is. Yeah. She she's a good actress. But uh, I mean, the script is really funny. There's a lot of good corporate satire stuff. It's kind of like a poor man's RoboCop, which you get with like nice. the War Beast is sort of Ed 209, and the Hard Man Project is RoboCop because the the Sam Raimi character in the end has to climb into the Hard Man suit to fight War Beast so they can kind of meet it on its own terms. Yeah, um, and it, <laughs> it even plays fair with some of you know those nudge wink names like the Sam Raimi like because when he's in the hard man suit Raimi shoots a has like a big rocket launcher on his arm and he shoots a missile at the war beast and the camera follows it just like those shots in evil dead where they stock the camera on the dirt bike and are driving through the cabin like it's a very cam Raimi or very Sam Raimi camera movement thing um so you know Norrington is a fan obviously he's you know he's adding all these little visual cues that kind of make the the nudge wink stuff less obnoxious because You've seen a million movies. We've all seen a million movies where people name characters after famous horror icons because they think it's clever. Yeah. But in this movie, they at least like Norrington at least does some stuff with it. Like it, you know, there are little extra clues like that camera shot. Um, cool. It's it was a shot in the UK mostly, a little bit in California, but it's an English-Japanese co-production, and although there are no Japanese names in the crew, and the effects crew and all that stuff, the miniature effects shots look like a Japanese movie, and it has, I don't know if you've ever, any of you have ever seen, like, uh, Gunhead or Zeram, any Japanese sci-fi movie from the late 80s, early 90s? Okay. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward. If you ha yeah, that, there's going to be a lot of those awkward pauses from now on. I'm just saying. <laughs> it was Coleman France's last episode. It's Japanese sci-fi movies in this one, but it looks very much like those. Like the the 
the quality of the film stock, you know, the way the image looks, the special effects and all that stuff. It, uh, even though it was just Japanese money infused into the movie, they, they must have had some other influence because it, it looks like one. And the War Beast itself, the death machine, is, is awesome. It's like a giant metal dinosaur with these snippy, slicey, like Cuisinarts for hands. And it's a, like a three-foot hydraulic-powered bear trap for a head. And it's, nice. it's awesome. That sounds awesome. Is that streaming anywhere? I kind of really want to see it right now. Yeah, the director's cut, that 128-minute version I was talking about, is on YouTube. Oh, nice. And it's a, you know, it's the quality is no worse than the the domestic white, you know, the release VHS that I've got. So, I mean, it it, it looks as good as it's gonna look probably, unless they ever put it out on Blu-ray. But yeah, it's like I mean, you guys have seen hardware, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. This is like hardware on steroids. Wow. Hardware was on steroids, so, yeah. Sweet, yeah, yeah, and it got me, I, actually, that movie popped in my head when you were talking about it, too, Richard Stanley's Hardware. And yeah. Norrington worked on Hardware. He was one of the robot, oh. one of the uh, animatronic technicians on the robot. What year did you say it came out? 94. 94. It's kind of, I mean, when was, I'm trying to remember when Hardware was, but it's kind of around the same time. i say 89 or 90, maybe? I thought it was still like just on the cusp of the nineties, yeah. Hmm. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I'll definitely definitely want to check that out. It sounds awesome. That sounds awesome. Anybody else got any other or should we kinda of start wrapping things up? What? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah. you know, you can have your honorable mentions. I can't believe you don't mention like chopping mall or something. It's like your favorite. Oh, Chopping like Mall, which is like one of my favorite movies. But the thing is, is I really was thinking on the computer, computer side of things not this so episode. Because did we bring Chopping Mall up on the Robots episode? Had to have. Had to make. Because oh, number one, it's Chopping Mall. You could not bring it up. And Chopping Mall is one of those movies that like, I, I would always see it on the video store shelves and they always passed it over because I thought the cover yeah. looked stupid. I hated that cover and now with the, the robot hand because you love the shopping bag. Yeah, but now I love that movie. So <laughs> it wasn't until like maybe seven or eight years ago, maybe maybe not that long ago, that I first saw it. And and after I saw it the first time, I I watched it every night before I went to bed for like a month straight. He meant year, but yeah, <laughs> I love that movie so much. I even got the. Uh, you know, when I when we were at Crypticon, I picked up the the LP soundtrack, which is awesome. Oh, yeah. Is it is it just robots, or is it a computer program that? Is well, it the... I guess. Well, well, what happens? See, and now it's come for come for full circle because Garrett Ed Graham was behind it all. Garrett yep. Graham was one of, was one of the computer techs that were was on guard that night when the lightning struck. And brought the killer robots to life and, you know, fucked up their programming and made them go and kill everybody in the mall. Lightning, man. And Gary Graham was also in Demon Seed, so booyah. Tied it together. That's right. <clears throat> I love me some Garrett Graham. Hell yeah. He's a, Big time. He's awesome. And he is, he is the definition, because of Chopping Mall, he is the true definition of chewing the scenery. 
because he's like eating a sandwich or something, and his like, you just look like his his chewing. Every chew is so thought out, and that's all he's doing through the whole scene is just constantly chewing to the point where you just want to slap the food out of his mouth. But he's awesome. Anyway, um, yeah. So honorable mentions. Who's got some honorable mentions? What about Fear.com? Anyone seen that movie? Ooh, I never did see ago. it. And I was kind of hoping to watch it for the show, yeah. Is it any good? It is a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> he tried tricking us! That's, that's a shame to hear, because I, like, I, I wanted to see it because I like the director, William Malone. All the other oh, yeah. stuff I've seen of his is great. Sinjinor and Scared to Death. Old monster movies from the... Yeah. yeah, those are great. Um, Fair-haired child, the Masters of Horror episode is fantastic. Uh, he did the remake of House on Haunted Hill. That's great. That's the one I was. Yeah, that uh, was... Spear.com sucks. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well I'll skip it then. But he's done. He's even done some something even more current than his Masters of Horror episode. But I can't remember what it was. Anyway, so Fear.com sucks, mm-hmm. huh? Yeah, it does. I'm afraid. <laughs> Too bad. Wait, was that a uh, was that a Dark Castle production? I can't remember. I, c- I maybe feel like it was. Kind of sounds like it would have been. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying that. Because <laughs> all Dark Castle sucks. No, what John just said. said. They did the House on Haunted Hill remake. That was their yeah. first. That was like their flagship thing. Because the whole point of Dark Castle was they were going to remake all of William Castle's movies. Yeah, yeah. What happened to that? And, and they then did they did that? two of. They did House on Haunted Hill. They did Thirteen Ghosts. Thirteen Ghosts. Then they yeah, did. Where's, where's the Tingler remake? I want to see that. No exactly. shit. That would be uh, awesome. That, exactly. that just sounds like a porno, and that's probably why <laughs> it hasn't been made. You'll fundraise it. Yes. The old Tingler. <laughs> But then, uh, but then after Thirteen Ghosts was Ghost Ship, which I didn't like. I thought that was going to be, be a remake of the uh, George yeah. Kennedy movie, and it wasn't, and it fucking sucked. <laughs> yeah. I, I like Ghost Ship. I mean, it's you know, oh. it's not great, but that, well, the opening that scene opening yeah. is yeah. pretty incredible. Yes. But maybe that's why I, I hated it so much is because that opening scene whenever he got sliced in half by that cable that breaks and whips across the deck while they're all dancing was so cool. Yeah, yeah, the rest of the movie just could not live up to it. It's not a horrible movie, but yeah, that that opening opening scene was just too strong. And then after Ghost Ship, it, Gothica was also a dark, <sighs> which I still to this day have not seen Gothica. You're not missing much, God. I didn't no. think I was. You want to go to sleep like, right now? Just watch it. Just put it on. Two seconds later, you'll be asleep. But I want to know what happened to all these William Castle remakes they were supposed to do. They started doing original shit after 13 Ghosts. The original shit sucked. Yeah. Did not hold part. up to the first two films, yeah. 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 I, I guess it looks... I'm just looking at Dark Castle's uh, filmography. I guess they did The Hills Run Red. That was a pretty Ooh, decent movie. I, I love that movie. Yeah. It's, Refresh it's, me. What is that? It sounds. The familiar. Hills Run Red is where this this kid, aka me, is obsessed with like this obscure horror movie that was only shown once. That's you. Yeah, that's exactly me. Uh, it was only shown once because he owns three copies of it. I own three copies of it, and it was uh, <laughs> it was too horrific or whatever the deal was, and so he seeks out the original director, and the original director or the director is played by um, 
Oh god damn it! I'm blanking on his name now. Uh, w- Bill Sadler, William Sadler. Yeah. Um, oh and nice. And he's one of the main reasons why I was even interested in the movie. Other, yeah. I mean, the plot sounded you know right up my alley, but of course he's amazing. Question. But yeah. Uh, what? Question: Was this made before or after John Carpenter's cigarette burns episode of Masters of Horror? After. Okay. It kind of the. I mean, I I get why why you'd bring that up, which is also uh, one of Carpenter's best oh works. Oh my god, I, I love, love that, that thing, thing yeah, so much. But yeah, Hills Run Red. Um, the kid finds the director, and turns out the guy never really stopped trying to make the movie. I mean, the the killer in it is what Babyface or something. That I'm blanking yeah. on name. Um, actually, like kind of, in a way, kind of creepy, but yeah, it's it gets into this weird incest fucking realm of what the fuck. But it, it ends up being a, a pretty fun flick. Like, I really enjoy it. And William Sadler totally helps out with that. I'm definitely going to check that out now. That sounds really cool. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's a good, you know, not not the best film, but, like, the, the concept is mm-hmm. really stellar. And it's it's pretty well acted, too. I mean, it's... I don't know, it's just kind of fun. The idea of trying to find this lost film just, you know, appeals to appeals. the film. Yeah. And that's I'm sure a-, a lot of people are, you know, would feel the same way. Yeah. Well that's cool that Dark Castle is still around after Gothica. Do you still have that pulled up, Sam? What else? It looks like the last there? thing they did was uh in twenty thirteen Getaway. Which uh it doesn't even look like a horror movie. It's uh, a thriller. So they're not even doing horror, let alone <sighs> William Castle movies. I hate the T word. <laughs> Next <laughs> dark the romantic comedy of the year. Uh, yeah, but yeah, man, I want to see uh, a Tingler remake. I want to see, you know. Yeah, I want to see um, um, Macabre. I want to see that one. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think. One of my favorite ones, like blanking on it right now, Joan Crawford. Um, Total Psycho ripoff. Um, Trog. No. Yeah, Homicidal maybe. Yeah. Homicidal. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the one with the? It's got like the. Oh fuck! The axe gimmick and like the color. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So many, so many of those great William Castle movies that they should remake. But, but you're right though. The Tingler is the top of the heap because how in the fuck are they going to do that? Like, how can they make make a remake of that movie and yeah. it actually makes sense and yeah. be a scary horror film? They sh- they should just straight up do the old school gimmicks. This is, I mean, going. Didn't they remake all them films with popcorn? <laughs> yeah, kinda. Well, the gimmicks anyway. Yeah. I love popcorn. Yeah, I, I think the problem with doing the Tingler remaking that is, I don't think you can like actually electrocute people nowadays. Like you what? They all want that. Says you. Let's do this. <laughs> last week once. when we were in, we only gonna do it once. Last week I took my kids to Chicago for G Fest, which I'm not gonna talk about Godzilla. That's not the point. But yeah, we went to the sh- yeah, we went to the shed. Aqua- we went to the shed aquarium before, and part of the ticket shed price what. The Shed Aquarium is awesome. Yeah, if you're ever in Chicago, check it out. But anyway, um, part of the ticket price was they did what they call a 4D movie, and the one we saw was prehistoric sea monsters. So it's like a 3D, you know, like a BBC National Geographic type documentary about uh, prehistoric marine reptiles. 
and the the 4D part comes from um, you know they blow air in your face, they spray you with water at the appropriate moments. And as we walked in, you know the theater seats are all folded up. I saw a little wire running down from under the bottom of the seat, and my first thought was, "The tingler is loose in the theater. <laughs> Scream for your life!" <laughs> So, yeah, you can still do that stuff. It didn't electrocute you. It just made the seat buzz, but... So fun. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, know. They, they have the technology. They just, yeah. See, that, you know, and that's... They're just to keep looking for new ideas, new things to try to keep, keep people going to the theater. You know, we got these theaters now that, like, have reclining, reclining seats and... And you have theaters that's, that'll serve food with waitresses and the whole staff and all that. And and then the 3D thing and all that. Let's, let's bring back some of those old gimmicks, man. That'd be, that'd be a blast. Yeah. What was, I'm trying to remember the one William Castle movie, which one it was, where the movie stops and you get to vote how, oh, how the movie that's ends. That's Mr. Sardonicus. Yeah. Mr. Sardonicus, yes. And they yes. only shot one ending because they knew no one would ever <laughs> vote for the other one. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's, like, brilliant. Brilliant. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, Straight Jacket was the Joan Crawford one I was thinking of. That's right. Yeah. Straight Jacket. But then Homicidal is really good, too, and that one is, is a complete um, uh, psycho ripoff. Yeah. You know I didn't get to uh, participate on the documentary episode, but there's like a really great William Castle documentary that I saw not too long ago. I can't remember the name of it, but it's like wicked good, like really in depth, and it shouldn't be too hard to find. Look it up, but really, I, w- I go th- really interesting character, and yeah, they totally. talk about all those films. Spine Tangler, the William Castle story, probably larger than. Uh... I uh, I go through phases with like directors and stuff, and I went through my William Castle phase where I wanted to learn everything and get as many William Castle movies as I could. And that's when I realized that William Castle was a producer on Rosemary's Baby. Yeah. He was originally I, going to direct it. Yeah. But the yeah, studio said, ah, right. oh, you're too old. We're going to get a young kid back. Get out. That's right. Yeah. That's why he's he's the guy in the phone booth at the end. You know, when she oh, when yeah. she's running around, she's trying to call people to come help her because the you know the cult's after her and all that, and she's knocking on that phone booth, and there's a dude in there chomping on a cigar. That's William Castle. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even know the backstory before I watched that for the first time, and William Castle just randomly appears, and I'm like, holy shit! Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, my honorable mentions um, for this episode, techno- technological horror. Um, I had Strangeland on mine uh, just because like, computers are so dominant in that movie because that's how D. Snyder or Captain Howdy, FYI, was his name, um, used to lure girls into his like weird trap of body piercings and torture mm-hmm. um, untraceable which I don't even know what that is I just saw that on lists um, pulse which is which is a awesome film um, stay alive which is not an awesome film oh I don't know it um, and uh, ghost in the ghost in the machine from the early 90s not the Japanese anime which 
I, I remember being kind of bored with that one, but I don't really remember anything about it. Those are my honorable mentions. Anybody else? I, uh, I'll mention, since you had it on the, the list for the prep, and I haven't seen it in many years, but I remember it being very good as a existence. I'm never sure yes. how to pronounce that. but the, the e- Existence. Film. I don't know. Existence. Good movie, though. Yeah, very good. Like a really kind of like a gorier Matrix. Mm-hmm. Um, a better Matrix. Or- Hey, that doesn't take much. <laughs> I think of it more as an updated Videodrome, honestly. Yeah, that'd be yeah. a good way to look at it. Yeah, mm-hmm. better than Videodrome, I I feel. I don't, but, you know, I eh. still like it. It's one of the only I like Cronenbergs that. I haven't seen yet. I keep meaning to, and it just keeps eluding me, but yeah. Well, I own it. Yeah, Come it's... down, Snookums. I'll help you watch it. It's weird, and that's saying something for Cronenberg. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> definitely out there, even for him. Mm-hmm. That was kind of the last thing he did that was sort of his, right? Like, because then he started doing like yeah. history of violence and uh, Eastern Promises and that kind of still, which, still good mean, stuff. Like, history of like violence that he wrote, fucking amazing. But yeah, Existence oh, yeah. was the last thing that was like his weird body horror brand of filmmaking. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess history of violence kind of has some weird shit, but nobody's pulling. You no. Know, Videotapes no. out of their chest <laughs> vaginas in that movie. <laughs> I guess not. And that hurts the movie. That's right. That's what that movie needed. More chest, chest vaginas. vaginas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what, what's what's interesting about because that, that's also why I make the comparison to Videodrome because you just have to accept things when you're watching it. Mm-hmm. You don't really get explained that this is the reality, but you just have to understand that we're in this re- we're in this alternate reality. Where a video a video game console looks like a placenta, you know, of course, with an umbilical cord. Yeah. Or flesh controller. Yeah, uh, the flesh. Yeah, the flesh controller. So anyway, but yeah, a great movie though. I mean, I love me some some classic Cronenberg for sure. Oh yeah. Any other honorable mentions from anybody? Yes. There, the, the, oh, okay. Sorry, no, Terry, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Terry hasn't spoken for a while. We keep. I don't have it. I barely <laughs> watched anything, so I'm good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, something I was I mentioned earlier when we were talking about Demon Seed that was going to be my honorable mention, and I really wanted to be able to watch it again to bring it up as a main topic for the episode because it's so perfect for it. But Colossus: The Forbin Project. What the fuck? I don't even know. <laughs> it's, it's, He's so right. <sighs> Have you seen it, Jason? Hell no. Oh, <laughs> you got me all excited. Somebody else has actually seen some of the shit that I talk about. Fuck! Uh, all right. I'm so regretting bringing you on this show. <laughs> Why? It's, I don't know. I love you, Brian. It's it's but great film education for me. Okay, it is the well, more shit film. you and I want to buy now, Mike. I mean, it's yeah, that's right. true. At <sighs> one point, Ron Howard wanted to remake this. That would have been a terrible <laughs> fucking idea. But anyway, it's it's based on a series of well, it's a, a trilogy of not really very good paperback sci-fi novels from the early sixties or from the late sixties. 
Um, and and they're kind of cheesy, but the movie eliminates all the like you know in the novels that everyone wears disposable paper suits because it's the future and all that kind of stuff. And the movie wisely eliminates all that crap and sets it in the present. It was made in I want to say seventy, maybe. I mean, right. At, it's a Cold War movie, and it is the perfect Cold War movie. What happens is there's this um, there's this scientist named Forbin, hence the Forbin Project, who creates this supercomputer who is supposed to take over the defense of the United States. It's supposed to run all of our missile systems. It's supposed to, you know, basically be the 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 one and only general we will ever need to defend us from the Ruskies. And as soon as it comes, and it's it's programmed to, you know, piece at any cost. As soon as it comes online, it is it's sentient. It's an artificial intelligence like Prometheus. Or, uh, I keep saying Prometheus. It's Frankenstein. Proteus from Demon Seed, but on a much bigger scale. As soon as it comes online, the first thing it says is there is another system. Because the Russians have brought their supercomputer online at the exact same time. Colossus and the Russian supercomputer immediately start communicating with each other and refuse to talk to the stupid puny humans that have built them. Within minutes, they have created their own language. Within hours, they have figured out how the entire world works, and they take over the world. They take over all the missile systems. They say, you will comply with this. You will do that. All the countries will obey us. And as the second there's any kind of human resistance, they shoot a nuclear missile into a city and say, listen, you motherfuckers, <laughs> you do what we say because we're doing what you told us. This is peace. Peace is tyranny. You do what we say or there is no peace. And th th these two computers form into, you know, Colossus, because, of course, since it's an American uh series of novels it's an american movie the russian computer is just slightly inferior so it sort of gets absorbed into <laughs> colossus and colossus takes over the world and you know it ends with them trying to recalibrate the nuclear missile silos so that they will come back under human control and colossus says oh no you don't so like <laughs> the end of the movie is a mushroom cloud like you could only do in 70s science fiction it's beautiful it's oh yeah it's, i need to see this it is the perfect cold war movie it is the only piece of dystopian bummer ending science fiction from that era you will ever need except maybe phase four but that's for another episode also a good movie yeah cool what's it called colossus the forbin project <laughs> part five from, and uh, from what year uh, I I forget the exact. Nineteen seventy. Seventy. Okay. Okay. Pull that up there. Okay. Cool. Huh. Interesting. A sizzler builds to high tension. <laughs> razzle dazzle. <laughs> it, it, it is not at all razzle dazzle. It is very much seventies people in seventies clothes doing seventies science on seventies computers. It's it's a slow burner. But if you have patience to sit through it, it is a brilliant movie. It's so good. Cool, cool. Oh, I'm so going to buy this. <laughs> Thanks a lot, dickbag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's just the thing. I don't know. No, 
don't know if it's the way you describe things, man, or <laughs> if we're just literally on the same page of movie tastes. But every time you've gone, you've gone into a movie that I have not seen yet. I'm like, I fucking want to watch that right now. I guess I, I just might as well quit the ep- or quit the show now too, Brian. You've taken over. <laughs> you, fuck, we don't even need Mike anymore. Let's just have you host it now. <laughs> Yeah, you're gonna miss out on my amazing intros. Oh, that's true. Nobody can duplicate those. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Any other honorable mentions? I just thought of one real quick. Uh, go into television. Um, one of the one of the better episodes of, of Tales from the Dark Side is uh, is Mookie and Pookie, and uh, it's about these these twins and like this twin brother who's like a computer nerd, he dies, but like his soul gets like uploaded to this computer and it's just a really good episode. It's called Mookie and Pookie. Check it out. It's got a tippy head run and Ooh, nice. Justine oh, wow. Bateman. Cool. But uh, yeah, that was one of the better episodes from that, I think, in the first season. That was a really good one. Cool, cool. I can't think of any others. All right. Well, good deal. Um, I think maybe it's time we wrap up the topic. We take a break and come back and do some segments. That sound good, everybody? <coughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Yards. Cool. So we'll be right back with segments. Good evening. It's intermission time. Our service is friendly and quick. You'll find hot dogs, hamburgers, pizza, your favorite candies, hot and cold beverages, and other delicious snacks. So add to your fun of watching the movie. Visit our refreshment stand right now. We're glad to have you with us tonight, and we hope you'll come to see us often. It's great to get out to the movies. And we're back. It's segments time. And we, as we always do, we'll start off here with Jason and some shout-outs. It's time for... Shout-outs! 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 Hey, y'all. Uh, so I asked, what are your favorite technological horror movies? And I didn't put that many O's in it. I just said it that way. I'm sorry. <laughs> First up, on the Facebook, we got Derek Johns. He says, I hope these are what you're referring to. They live. 976 Evil. Brain Scan. Woo! <laughs> Strange Land. And Stay Alive, which I know is very hated, but it's still a guilty pleasure of mine. Scrap. <laughs> <laughs> and next we had Carl Gustav Rutz. My buddy. Say, you don't realize you're in the middle of a horror movie until the third act, but Moon. Oh, I fucking love that movie. I still need to see. Yeah, I need to see that too. It's a beautiful and bummer of a movie. Sorry, Carl. I know you're not listening, but I still haven't watched it. We'll kick his ass for you, Carl. (laughs) Do it, John. (laughs) It's a great movie. Great. Really is. Next, we had Casey Bates at Chopping Mall and Death Spa. Woo! <laughs> mm, no Death Spa woos. I don't know. Come on, guys. I'm not the only one that loves that movie. 
I no, I love Death Spa. Um, it's not worthy it's of a woo. I guess. I guess. Well, I just was calling because it's a ghost. It's not really, what? but it's a ghost that possesses the computer that runs everything yeah, in the spa, that ghost including in the frozen fish. Because <laughs> how does the frozen fish come to life? It's, that it's always bothered me. Carpenter rule. It's a movie. Carpenter rule. Yeah. <laughs> Carpenter rule. <laughs> Evil speaks a ghost that possesses a computer, right? I haven't yeah. seen that. Yeah. Yeah, right. face. I mean, okay. yeah, the use of Brian. technology for death. And I'm sorry. The, the computer can also control the screws on the diving board. I'm, I'm done. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the computer in Evil Speaks snapped the guy's neck. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> all right, all right. Touche. Well, Brandon Robinson says, in all caps, fucking death spa. <laughs> oh, that uh, Jack Christensen said when I was a kid I was kind of obsessed with the lawnmower man but I still haven't seen it in a long time I have a feeling it wouldn't hold up I think we all feel that yeah. way Jack <laughs> yeah. which one of us is going to give in especially first especially in watch that it? third act when it when it's all the computer the animation stuff. Yeah. Actually my it's got to look like shit part, it's gotta look like, it is you know part. it's got to look like shit in comparison it looked like to shit when it came out, <laughs> early '90s TV movie budget CGI. Oh, oh man, that just gets me. Wait, anyway, <laughs> Al Crossno says Videodrome. Al, <laughs> oh, Al's not done. He says Al Crossno says. Also, not sure if there is a film, but I would have no mouth, and I must scream. Is an excellent book in tech horror. Yeah. Uh, okay. I know what he's talking about. Sort of. Okay. Yeah, cool. Woo! Ger- <laughs> Gerald Martin says, I second Videodrome. Low tech by today's standards, but Cronenberg really had a handle on society's evolving relationship with the tube. That rhymes with boob. Okay, boob. next. <laughs> Brandon, Brandon Robinson says hardware. <laughs> yeah, go Brando. Real, real quick, um, what's everybody's thoughts on hardware? I love um, it. Yeah, it's fantastic. I, lo- I lo- well, I love the first two like Richard Silver Stanley War. movies. <laughs> the only two Richard Stanley movies. Well, I st- I still haven't seen Dust. Oh, Devil. dude, you need to see it. Oh, so yeah. good, beautifully shot. I mean, just gorgeous film. Anyway. <laughs> and, and the Dust Devil is one of the sort of sleazy bad guys from Desperate Housewives. <laughs> and we're done talking to Brian. <laughs> Man, I thought I was bad. No, John, you're not. <laughs> I'm bad because I know he was on Sex in the City. But anyway. <laughs> okay, and then lastly on Facebook, Doug Vork says... Runaway is on my that list. That is a good movie. Robotic Spiders, Gene Simmons. Yeah. Tom Selleck's mustache, the best part. Runaway. That now that is some tech horror. That's a Tom good Selleck's that's mustache. actually a really fun movie. <laughs> I haven't seen that in ages. Yeah, I forgot about Damn that it. movie. Fuck. See? We need, to, we need to get Doug on the show. We need to find so that movie. Can... Good movie. Good choice, uh, dude. Is it, is it on is it on DVD or so. Blu-ray? Is it? I'm I'm pretty sure it is. 
and there's nothing on Twitter, remember, you can always chime in on Facebook, Twitter, or anywhere. You can also call 415-952-6857 or 415-95-AOTKP. Leave your comments. We'll read them on the air unless they suck. <laughs> That's not true. We'll read those too. Yes, we plenty of suck. How do you think Brian got on no. here? Oh, oh wait. No, I mean, I mean, they're all. I mean, they're awesome. awesome. They're all awesome. <laughs> Nobody sticks around this long anyway. Though. Yeah, they they zoned out long ago. <laughs> long time ago. Hell, even the voicemails. How I wound up on here in the first place. That's true. And a couple hand jobs. <laughs> oh. Just yeah, a couple. Me, it was for Jason. Oh, <laughs> that was you. That's we right. Have, we should have like a contest for the listeners, <laughs> give away a prize based on a question we ask at the very end of the show. Yeah, that's Let's idea. see who listens to all the way to the end. <laughs> oh, I'm not prepared to cry about this show yet. <laughs> first one to leave a first one to leave a voicemail gets Brian's spot because he keeps bringing up stupid shit. <laughs> <laughs> I like that idea. Let's let's do this. Oh wait, I mean, love you, buddy. <laughs> anyway, anyway, and that's shoutouts. Thank you, Jason. Word as up. always, for shoutouts. Love the shoutouts. Love hearing back from the people out there listening to this nonsense. <laughs> Even if you, you say they make stupid comments, sometimes <laughs> I was just being serious. I know. I mean, I was just kidding. Um, all right, so. Let's now go over to um, Terry with Wicked Words with Wear Tear. Wicked Words with Wear Tear. Well, this time around, we're going to do something a little different. Uh, our new full-time uh, podcaster, Brian, is actually a published author. How what? awesome is that? <laughs> um, he has a short story in a book called Dead Harvest. And we'll go over to Brian and he can tell us all about it. He can do your segment. I see what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Call her out. Yeah. <laughs> Screw thinking. Brian, take it away. <laughs> oh, you're all too kind. Well, um, yeah, my first published short story is it came out uh, two years ago, November, uh, in a compilation of short horror stories called Dead Harvest from Scarlet Galleon Publishing. It's called Putting the Ground to Sleep. It's, uh, the idea came from a phrase my grandpa used to... Uh, say, for uh, when we'd work the ground after harvest before the first snow came and, you know, you you took the crop out of the field, you turned the ground over one last time. That's what he called putting the ground to sleep. And I always thought that was such a great evocative phrase. So uh, I, I took that and tried to sort of emulate my favorite horror author, Ramsey Campbell, and, and failed utterly because he's brilliant <laughs> and I'm not. But, uh, yeah. I still love you, buddy. Oh, thank you. It, but yeah, you're it, it no was, Ramsey Campbell. It was good enough for uh, for the <laughs> editor. <laughs> I'm I'm not. Nobody is. Ramsey Campbell is awesome. But anyway, um, yeah, it was good enough to be uh, picked up by the owner and editor of Scarlet Galleon, Mark Parker. Thank you so much. Uh, if you happen to be listening, I guess. <laughs> and 
it, it's yeah, it's out there on on Amazon now on uh, Scarlet Galleon's website, and I actually. The contract is not signed yet, but I do have a second story called Draugr coming out uh, probably sometime early 2017, also from Scarlet Galleon. Awesome. Look at you, Mr. Fancy Pants. (laughs) Sweet. Being better than me and shit. (laughs) Doesn't take much. (laughs) No, it it really doesn't. It really does not take much. Not a contest, guys. Except Brian's winning. All of us. He's he totally oh, beating yeah. all of us. Well, no, nope. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Sam wins. Just because oh, yeah, Ghostbusters. He was in Ghostbusters. Yeah. He's in Ghostbusters. <laughs> we actually have to pay him $5,000 for this episode. So if anybody's listening and wants to donate, we really need the money right now. So go to Patreon. <laughs> yeah, go to, yeah. yeah. Donate some yeah. money so we can get Sam back. And we're cheap. <laughs> cool. cool. What's the name of that book again? Dead Harvest, a collection of dark tales. Awesome. Sweet. Good job, Sweetums. Awesome. <laughs> All right, so next up in our land of segments, let's go over to the Altar of Stalter. Oh, fuck, I gotta do one? No, I'm just kidding. Hey, everybody. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I had a slight panic there for some. <laughs> no, welcome to another uh, segment of Alter Stalter. Uh, this episode, I'm going to talk about one of my re- recent purchases. I'm going to talk about Graduation Day. Um, yes. I, of course, picked this up because, you know, I buy movies like I'm buying food, I guess. I don't know how else to describe it. Um, <laughs> but this, this current release is sort of a... Dual release between Trauma and Vinegar Syndrome. I think uh, Trauma actually owns the rights to the movie, but Vinegar Syndrome uh, was like, "Hey, let's uh, let's put this out and make it pretty." Um, Graduation Day is from 1981 and is directed by Herb Freed. Uh, I looked at his uh, list of movies, and he really hasn't uh, done much. Uh, the only other thing that I could tell that was notable was. A movie called Beyond Evil, and the only reason why that's notable is because John Saxon was in it, and you know we all love John Saxon. Yeah, we do. So anyway, uh, this has a few actors that uh, people might recognize. Uh, this first one, he he was in quite a few genre films, especially towards the end of his life. If you can name one of his movies after I give you his name, I will uh, give you a high five, I guess. Uh, Christopher <laughs> George. Come on, somebody, anybody. Brian? Fuck yeah, Christopher George. Well, then name one of his fucking movies. (laughs) (laughs) The Gates of Hell, my favorite Lucio Fulci movie. There you go. And what else? This is Mortuary. He's he's actually in quite a bit. Um, This is actually one of his last movies because he died, I think, in 83 or 84. So he died not too long after this movie. Uh, Also has Linnea Quigley doing what she does best, showing her boobs. (laughs) And I actually didn't even know she was in this when I picked it up. Uh, Just happened to see her name in the credits. But she's in it for quite a bit. Well, I could have told you. Well, of course you could (laughs) have. And then, this one totally shocked the hell out of me. Vanna White. Oh, yeah. I forgot she was in The letter turner herself is in this movie. And she's actually (laughs) in it quite a bit. Uh, Yeah. Right off the bat, you can spot her. She, you know... She's, like I said, she's in it for quite a bit. She's one of the, I guess school bullies um and somehow she survives the movie do you um, see her boobs no 
She's got some <laughs> form-fitting jeans, so her ass looks great. But anyway, so uh, this is a uh, 4K restoration of the, I guess, the editor's 35 millimeter print. You know, I don't. They, I think the official description was the editor's answer print. I don't know what the fuck that means, but um, overall, I'd say the movie looks pretty good. A, f- a few of the scenes look pretty uh, inconsistent and grainy and i think that's mostly just because the print you know a few of the scenes were pretty bad but i mean i'd say overall for being a super low budget movie from 1981 vinegar syndrome you know pulled their magic again i mean those guys can always always do great work the sound is just a 2.0 mono soundtrack just the way it originally was intended um but for the movie itself pretty standard slasher but still kind of fun i mean it opens up with a a really bad disco song um while there's a a a track meet going on and that's the whole that's the whole point of this film is a girl after running uh a, a track meet dies just right there on the track like of a heart attack or whatever and uh somebody decides that they want to get revenge so one by one, some kids from the track team get murked by somebody wearing uh, black gloves and they use a stopwatch. Not to murder, but they, like when they killed the person, they stopped the watch at 30 seconds. Um, but they, the kids die in some uh, not so inventive ways. I mean, your typical, oh, I'm going to slash your throat kind of thing. Uh, I don't want to give away too many of the deaths, but my favorite one is one involving a pole vault and uh, spikes. Pretty pretty damn sweet. Like, yeah, landing on the bag, but underneath the bag is a bunch of spikes. Like, they show the, like, spikes coming out of the kid's kneecap. Like, it's actually pretty brutal looking. I mean, for being 1981. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's just your basic slasher. But it's, it's a lot of fun. It's got, you know, kind of a, a typical ending. I mean, there's so many red herrings thrown at you. Like, they keep showing, oh, well, this teacher has, you know... This, you know, uh, as black gloves and a stopwatch and knives. They, they do, seriously do that like three or four times with different people until they finally reveal their true killer. And then at the end, it's, oh, is he really dead kind of thing. But I, it's an enjoyable film. I mean, it's definitely uh, a standard slasher, but I liked it. And, of course, it's got Linnea Quigley in it. So, you know, she's dread. Love me yeah. some Linnea. And I totally forgot Vanna White was in that movie. So now, now I have now I have a whole new link for my Six Degrees game. That's awesome. Now I can link my two two of my favorite celebrities of all time in one link. That's Weird Al to Linnea Quigley. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm so glad that I could remind you. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. And thank you for your segment. Yeah, try. Y'all better update your virus protection. It's time for Insane's Picks. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, maybe you should be the new host. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good. Okay, so on this episode of Insane's Picks. I'm not going to talk about a movie. Oh, good. I'm not going to do it. No, what do you mean, oh, good? Whoa. 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 No. Whoa. What, what I am going to talk about instead is one of my newest obsessions. Gay porn? 
<laughs> I said newest ET porn, which also exists. But anyway, oh my god, do I talk over your guys' segments like this? Seriously, oh, you okay. should. <laughs> um, is my new favorite Roku channel OSI seventy four? Now, what is OSI seventy four? Um, it stands for Outer Space International. And it is a channel that brings you like weird and experimental programming. It kind of is designed like, and they use a lot of um, text that looked like from old UHF channels and early cable um, networks from back in the day. So uh, the con- uh, it's stream content live on demand via the internet. Although on the Roku, it's not live, which really bums me out. But it's still ton of amazing content that I freaking love. Now, the channel launched October 30th of 2015, so it's less than a year old, and it just continues to grow. I mean, I, I've seen Roku channels that are way older than that that have less content and has impressed me less than 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 this has. Um, what I love about it is I'm a big horror movie host fan, and there's a ton of great hosting on this network by some quality stuff. And I've seen a lot of hosting on other Roku channels. They're just not quite up to par. It's pretty cheap, generic, you know, bad audio, bad video. Half the time you can't understand what they're saying. Your characters are not really thought thought out very well. And it's the same crappy five public domain movies over and over again. Where these are some of the more high quality horror hosts of the current generation, like Cinema uh, Cinema Insomnia with Mr. Lobo, which I believe Mr. Lobo um, is probably has a lot to do with the channel because he's all over the channel. Um, there's like a lot of special segments and stuff that's hosted by Dr. Lobo, so I think he's um, he's really involved in the channel big time. Then there's um, Monster Madhouse. Uh, with uh, Carlos Bo- Carlos Borloff, um, there is Monster Creature feature with Orman Grisby, um, and there's even there's even a show called Sleazy Pictures After Dark with Sleazy P Martini, the fake manager from Guar. He even has a has a horror host show on 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 the channel, so it's really it's a really awesome channel. They've got some other great content that just of just weird and bizarre shit that I love, and it's amazing that it's all in one place. Um, if you guys if you guys um, are old enough to remember night flights from back in the day, mm-hmm. there's a show on here called Twelve O One Beyond that is just like Night Flight, where it's just Music videos and clips from things and old car- old bizarre cartoons and you know old um, uh, propaganda films and just tons of weird bizarre stuff like that. Another thing that's on there, another show that's on there that I really love is a show called Gula Gogo, which is a um, public access show from uh, the New York era, which combines every form of local broadcasting in one show you got horror hosts you've got a dance show you've got a kid kids entertainment show all rolled into one and it's utterly amazing they also have all of the church of the sub of the sub genius uh episodes on there as well so it is just chock full of tons and tons of amazing content i wish it was all live on the roku um Everything I've read about it says that it does stream live. 
but it just must be on other formats rather than other than the Roku where it streams. It just I haven't found the live stream anywhere else yet. But I highly, highly recommend checking it out. It's got as much of a fan as I am of these like these like low budget channels on Roku that present like all kinds of crazy and bizarre stuff. And then when they add horror hosts into the mix, I love it even more. But this one has totally blown me away. I've only been watching it now for a couple weeks, and I can't stop. Um, and and then I was worried I was going to watch everything, and and not stay, and then there'd be nothing left for me to watch. But they stay current with the episodes. Um, I've already watched three episodes of uh, Sle- uh, Sleazy Pictures After Dark, um, and the, and he picks some interesting movies to watch. Um, he, uh, one of which was um, they call her One Eye was one of the movies that he he presents on his show. So that was awesome. Um, <clears throat> hence why I told you before John was going to bring that up. Um, and what what's cool about it, but could uh, some people might find annoying, is that he kind of MST three Ks the movies, um, like little little picture shows up in the bottom of the screen of sleazy pete you know commenting on the films throughout um the other one i watched was a movie called and i was curious to know if you guys have heard of this one it's an asian film but i'm not exactly sure from what country called calamity of snakes yeah that's uh i want to say hong kong maybe thailand that's probably sounds about right. It, it, it's it's one of the two. I absolutely guarantee it's one of the two. I have not seen this one, but I I know of its reputation. Yeah, I couldn't finish watching it because of all the cruelty to snakes in it. Yeah, I mean, they're, like, <laughs> that's they're, they're, that's the reputation I know. They're chopping up snakes left and right. There's like a ten minute <laughs> scene where they find this like they're building this hotel or whatever, and they dig a big hole in the ground. There just happens to be a shit ton of snakes in it. And just like ten minutes of like men with machetes just chopping snakes in the bits, and it was just tough to take. I forced myself through that because I was really enthralled with the film. But then as more snake torture kept happening throughout the movie, I'm like, I'm done. I don't like snakes. That's fine, but I don't want to watch them get chopped up at the bits for an hour and a half. So. You know, like there's a, there's a movie called Tintorera Killer Shark, which is, oh yeah, yeah. is like mostly a threesome softcore porn movie but with a lot of shark murder porn in the middle Killing of it yeah. yeah and that's mm-hmm. kind of hard to watch but yeah is is that that is that also an asian film or no that uh renee cardone jr i believe uh the guy who made night of the bloody oh. apes and yeah yeah, some, stuff, yeah. Some, some something weird video stuff but um yeah. okay so anyway so that's my insane's pick for for this episode i highly highly recommend checking out OSI 74, uh, the streaming channel. God, a lot of great stuff. Damn, now I gotta buy a Roku. <laughs> <laughs> you might be. I think you could pull it up on the computer. I mean, I found their website, but I just haven't found where it, it streams live. I don't. I can't figure it out. So that sounds yeah. Yeah, I would love for it to play live because because the segments when you when you choose what to watch on there um, there's the, the, there's the different categories and they're set up like they're like they're um, per- programming schedules you got like you got like Friday night after dark and the move the, the shows that play in that time slot then you got like 
um, Saturday morning ago or something like that, and it's got shows they played during that time slot, including a bunch of cool public domain cartoons and stuff. And then there's like the the Sunday conspiracy shows, and so yeah, that sounds awesome. <laughs> it's it is very awesome, very awesome. Okay, so that's it. That wraps up another episode. Oh, that's cool. That wraps up another episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks, everybody, for being on. Um, congratulations, Brian, for being our Woo! newest member. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> one of us. One of us. <laughs> so until next time, everybody, keep a close eye on those computers, because you never know. You never know. You just never know. When they might impregnate you. Yes. (laughs) Exactly. Good night, everybody. Oh, no. Could this be the end of? (laughs) Wow.